The Weird Science DC Comics podcast is available for free wherever you listen to podcasts, obviously. But did you know that you could get early access as well as exclusive shows like our weekly badass Patreon-only Spotlight podcast by going to patreon.com slash weird science and subscribing to whatever level is right for you. Your support not only helps out the show, but gets you a bunch of podcasts in return. So go to patreon.com slash weird science. And thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the number one fan of Lily Buster Kwan, Eric Shea. And I'm the purveyor of positivity, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 455. 455 here, skewering and reviewing the books, Eric, as we do. And we have a banger of a podcast. We have a bunch of big, big books. And yes, I mean, I am Batman, Eric, of course. Uh, but with all that, let me remind everybody, if you're playing at home, that some of the books that we aren't covering this week, and you're like, oh my God, where's that Dark Crisis tie-in all the kids have been talking about? The Young Justice. We want that Young Justice. Be, <laughs> that'll be next week. We have a bunch of the books that will be shifted till next week. We'll talk about it by the end of the podcast, probably. Yeah. I was actually sitting there like, Good time Which right ones now. are we gonna <laughs> do? But no, I mean when we go through everything oh, that we're gonna do next gotcha. week, we will actually go through that list. But one of them would be that Dark Crisis Young Justice, as I saw a bunch of people talking about it, and you know want to go and I don't know yell off the mountain. I was gonna say I don't know why they do that, but they're a little pissed off about that one. I will ask you right now: Have you read it yet? Eric? No, no. That was the, that was just my joke that neither. <laughs> have read it i'm sure because of the idea we're not talking about it till next week but like i said we have I'm a bunch of bangers here with here. Beta breath wondering what happens with mickey mixelplick and young no, justice in the mickey. dream world yeah i ended up uh sitting there and getting ready to read i almost accidentally read it so thank god i remembered not to eric i can save that for next week but even all with that we have a bunch of bangers as i said but before we get into that go over to the twitter at weird science dc follow us we'll follow you back then go to our website weirdsciencedccomics.com where we have reviews of most of the books that come out each week from dc and then if you love all that you need more more and more as eric shea often sings you can go over to our patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can get a ton of shows one of those being our thursday night badass patreon only spotlight episode where this past week Two books always picked by the badasses to get fresh crew, by the uh, way. Uh, uh, and they picked Batman One Bad Day, The Penguin Number One, which Eric alluded to in his intro. Me and Eric really we were surprised. <laughs> we were surprised. And in fact, I almost like when we got done, it felt. And now, again, we then also did Vampires, uh, DC versus Vampires All Out War Number Four. Didn't love that as much. But even so, when we got done, and you were right, you said that you were going to be all like, happy and whatever when we, when we got done it was so nice to really like a book and be surprised by it it wasn't just liking it it was actually being surprised that we did like it we didn't see that one coming 
with old Lily, one of our favorite Lily and Elliot, two of our favorite new characters. Mainly Lily, though. Maybe she, Lily. She was I, can, great. I can go without Elliot. Elliot's okay. I like Elliot with Lily, though, because she kind of's like hard love, right? She she's there with the hard love. <laughs> We love the hard love, I Ah, uh, But in all of that, we did really, really enjoy it. And then we got into the DC versus Vampires All Out War number four. And Eric had to kind of, you know, lead me through that. My eyes, they ain't what they used to be. And I, words I are hard. And I couldn't see what was going on with the art. It was so crazy. But all in all, pretty good spotlight, about an hour and a half long. It was pretty long. So if you want to go and listen to that, as well as a bunch of other shows, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Now, with all of that, we have to give a little shout out, what we like to call the roll call. Is that what we call it, Eric? The, roll the call? badass oh. roll call. Ah, uh, badass roll call. These are the badass levels of the Patreon who get to pick all of those shows. Here we go. Eric K, double K. We have Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Bat Dad Mitchell. Did you see his daughter's Hawk Girl of course costume? I did. It was awesome. Retweeted. The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Forrest Polly, Cam, Matt Razor, D Men 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Red, Francisco L. Rock III, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bertosco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rock Gay, who I do an indie podcast with. Will he be hard again? And I don't Maybe. know if he will, uh, Eric. I got that one. I'm usually off of those. Mark Jager, Algen Stojan, Nick Adams, Ruben, Carlos, Noah Marv, Luke Hollywood, probably sleeping, Simon, Luis, man, ship, still haven't heard from him. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, shout out to him. B. Mira, Brandy, Murray, talk to him today in double A run docs in Minnesota. Perfect timing. Eric and Reggie, Got it. all time great. Uh, uh, somebody wellness check on Manship. I think he might have taken too many of those edibles or whatever. I don't know. I saw a called. picture on Facebook. Some friends with him and his wife put up a new fit, like photo or something on things his like wife him. Did he didn't? And I'm saying that it was them together with somebody else. It looked like they were in the back of a limo. So maybe Manship okay. is on to bigger and better things. Do you think that was there a timestamp? I think that she's covering her tracks. <laughs> I think that she moitered him. Well, I'm telling you, I, think I say up. this, but the comments were also. What happened? And I'm like, I don't understand exactly what's going on uh, here, but uh, it seemed are you like sure things it was were okay. a, a limo or was it an ambulance? Can it was you, a can hearse. You tell? Oh, no, it was a hearse. I, I don't know. I haven't heard from the guy. Maybe he just ditched me. I don't know. He used to give me little updates on his edibles and his, his frisbee golfs and stuff. Maybe he became pro. That pays well, right? Frisbee golf? No, it doesn't, Eric. But. With all of that, we have, know. like I said, we have a bunch of books. We have a bunch of bangers, a little more than a plethora. Uh, so when we get into it, I Is hope it? that everybody enjoys this. We're going to spoil some stuff. Yeah, the plethora plus two, I believe. But plethora with all six. of that, yeah, and I think we have eight, don't we, total no. this week? I thought we did. Yeah, I think we might. How much oh, do we I'm have sorry. Then? You know what? I forgot that we already recorded Actually, a I section. Think we might, sitting yeah. there, I'm like, yeah. wait, I don't know what you're oh, talking you about. Son of a gun. At you, you bad butt. Throwing this whole thing away. Holy like, look behind the veil. We already I actually stuff. started thinking, I'm like, did I read too many books? I don't want to do that. <laughs> what the heck? But with all of that, we're going to get off to the books. Pretty banger first section, indeed. Off to them right now. He got a 
his first real comic Got it out of five and nine Read it till his fingers bend Been reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit and Knuckles got married God, this was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he have a father ever? And now that he has a choice He told Jesse he would marry her never Eric's read comics most of his life Ah, yes, Eric, you have, and that's because you're one of two bros here that are going to be talking about comics that sometimes feels like most of our lives as well. And I mean that one show that just goes on forever. You know what I'm saying, Eric? Like tonight. I don't even understand what's happening right now. How dare you, my friend? You read comics most of your life, just like two bros. I'm like, yeah, like two bros, me and you. I was trying to get me involved. It feels like we've been doing this forever. No, I was saying, like, we talk about it, and it seems like it goes on forever. But we have three books in this first I don't section. Like it. Yeah, I, I guess not. You're not playing <laughs> along with me tonight. No, my watch. Oh the my wolf goodness! Man. Somebody called the Wolfman. I need a new partner. I get the Wolfman. You get the Draculas. Who do you oh, think makes like up better? There. Yeah. Oh my God, it does. But with me and the Wolfman, things might get hairy. Oh my God, I only have that one joke. With I know. We'll have a howling good time, Eric. <laughs> Anything else? Nope, nope. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, but you and that Dracula would probably bite. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody, go to our website, com and check out reviews of the books we're going to be talking about, many, many more, some by other authors. I guess we'd call ourselves, I don't know, reviewers. <laughs> Gabe ends up doing uh, some stuff over you there as author, well. author, Gabe? The author, Gabe, exactly. The He's writest? more of an auteur, I think. To write this game uh, and see what they all thought about. I know that he really, really liked this first book. He said that it was a banger like Jenny just did, Eric. The thing, this is going off the rails. I don't know what's happening, but we're going to get into these books. Two bros. This is one of the biggest sections, kind of like two Two bros, bros. is what ends up happening that usually get together and kiss their grit is what happens. But what happens then, Eric, is then they have to get out of town. They get on the ghost Ghost truck. truck. Oh, my Uh goodness gracious. This actually, if you're listening to this, especially people going like 1.5 speed, that's like my brain right now. It's a runaway train never coming back. I wish Soul Asylum never, ever sung that song, Eric. But we're going to start off with, again, a banger. <laughs> Everybody seems to love this book. It seems to be the darling, the bell of the ball. It is you like finest. Fun, it's world's finest number eight. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to mention at the beginning of all this. Eric Shea doesn't like that fun, but we're gonna ha- we're gonna try to get him on board here. Probably on board the ghost, ghost truck. truck. <laughs> I mean, everybody has fun on that bitch. But we're gonna end up where even the next section of books. We'll see if we can have some fun with these because there's going to be kind of that line. And if you are like Eric, and I think that a lot of people who listen to podcasts, they kind of get behind, you know, one or two of the people on there. Hey, I'm kind of <laughs> like that Eric guy, or I'm like that crazy ass Jim. Nobody likes me, but you're a guy who you do tug of war. You have a tug of war of the heart. I do tug. You do, and you war, and that tug of war is against continuity versus fun. 
and usually what happens is fun at the sake of continuity is what my problem is. Usually continuity lets go of that tug of war rope and then you have fun just oh, no. fall into the mud. That's a lot of problems there. But that is something that you struggle with a bit because you're here. You have I guess you are right. You have read comics most of your life, but you are somebody who is a stickler. You are the continuity kid. You've come to town. You like a shared universe, something that's integrated. So when you get a book that just wants to have fun at the sake of continuity, sometimes that does throw you off. And that's kind of, in a nutshell, what World's Finest is. And this is World's Finest number eight. We'll see what Eric Shea, Stick in the Mud, thinks. Written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, Dan Tamra Bonvalone. I know what she thinks. Blocked our ass, Eric. I and know. Steve Wands. Let's see. How many people do you think on these things? I think there's like 20 that blocked us. But That's in this book, you end up probably, I don't know, blocked chains, maybe, you know, hateful speech. I don't know. Stop but we, we have Kid Thunderer going on. Luckily, you're involved with this because sometimes I do get angry. And then I think of the calming force of Eric Shea. And I realize that I'm also speaking for you and I got to shut my mouth. But we end up having, you know, Kid Thunder. And this whole deal, Boy Thunder, and there at the end of last issue, you ended up having the Titans. All these things kind of going together to be this is me, Dick Grayson. I want you to come along here to meet the rest of the Titans. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna help you hone your powers, give you a name, and pretty much put you in charge. Not in charge, put you in like along the lines of fellow sidekicks just like us, because that's all you're ever gonna be is a Boy Thunder. And it's such a funny idea bringing the Teen Titans in this because as Mark Wade told us on our site, this is a weird like timeline of events how things work out it's post-crisis even though we still have dick grayson as robin we still have the original team titans and we still have linda lee you know supergirl it doesn't make much sense we can go with it and even thinking about the next book we're going to be talking about with batman the night it really does feel like everything that's old is new again and i wish that with the fun that people are having with this and even the majority of batman the night that i enjoyed maybe it is time just to go back and just reinvent things even deathstroke inc right now is doing deathstroke year one which i've really enjoyed except for that first issue and I think to myself, is it time to go back and like, you know, reinvest some of the ideas and stuff and reinvent the stuff where you have the Silver Age and Bronze Age? Because even reinventing Batman's origin, now we have a new ghost maker in there to try to bring things to a new ghost kind of truck. status quo uh-huh. for our 21st century mindset. I'm like, do I, th- I actually really do want an idea where we could get this original Titan team, Titans team, because while there might be a situation where the continuity is a little wonky or you're just having fun for the sake of having fun, which you know I hate. I want to see these Teen Titans having fun because I love these characters. Yeah, I do too. And when you say that, I think that there could have been that play. And we might still, we don't know what's happening. Everybody probably knows by now that the new solicits, the January solicits just came out on Friday. And when they did come out, a lot of people were hinging. And I don't know how many people, you know, like the Get Fresh crew (laughs) who are more hardcore. I mean, cool, Eric. They're cool. And when you end up having, I don't know that just normal people just say, hey, I buy that comic and I buy that comic are sitting there waiting with bated breath for the solicits thinking, okay, Dark Crisis ends. Let's see what the next big thing is that should be revealed. And but people were and we were in the slack. People were waiting. So when they were released, I ended up reading them and there's not a change to be seen. I mean, nothing. The only new thing is the Lazarus Planet stuff. So it was a little disheartening. Um, But. The idea of all that is, it's a shame, but we don't know what we will and won't get. What I was getting to in this is, 
at one point we were going to get these generations, these books I'm so where glad you were going we to get those generations. I hated that so much. That's what this feels like. This feels like what we would have gotten from that generations book. We could have had. Okay, this is the Silver Age generation, Teen Titans. But this modern. is this. That's that. But yeah, but modern. I think that. One of the things that the only real thing that we really have seen is that they are going to do some Superman changes and it's going to focus on family. I think that about that's time. a good idea. We've been, we've been mentioned that, about a Superman family book for a while. Along, and and, and along a Flash with a family lot of other that we're exactly. getting now. Yeah, every I think that and when I say focus on family, I don't necessarily mean mom, dad, son. I, we're talking Vin about Diesel. family, right? The, the whole deal. Yeah, we're talking the Vin Superman Diesel there. family. And I think that that might be one of the pushes forward. But another push would be, how do you get a book like this? How do you get a Teen Titans? That, and, and even like you said, I like the Silver Age feel of this book. Because when you do that, it's almost like a thing if you're re- writing. And you, you're going to tend to want, oh, I'm going to do dark stuff. But if you have this thing, you look up and it's right silver age. Like it's their post and they're whipping you. You're going to have fun with it. And I think that Mark Wade overall is Not almost like yeah, well, Mark <laughs> Wade is doing something that, again, I thought was kind of pushing back against you. Not you personally, but no. the way you go, because this is a lot of fun. And sometimes it seems in the current state of things, the only way you're going to have fun like this is if you fudge a little you kind of round out those corners maybe put a a square peg in a round hole or a square hole i don't know square peg in a round hole but try to do this so i'm like what is going on you get a hydrazinozoid and you put it in your ass i don't know that sounds like a lot of fun um but the end result is people are having fun and i can tell I'm not going by reviewers. Reviewers are nonsense. We're reviewers. They're nonsense, right? Some others are even worse. Full of shit. They they want to go to the picnics and stuff and maybe even want to think they're going to be a writer because of it. But fans themselves and people that we're talking to and reader and stuff. But you're going the wrong way, Eric. You're not kissing ass. Uh, Uh, They're liking this. And we can sit there and I'll even tell you and I'll, you know, tell people if you're not in the slack, there's been times where I have fought against people on a book Absolutely. that I like, but it's because, of, oh, it's not that good. But then they come back. I'm saying Jeremy Adams' Flash was like that. And I realize now, no, they, they just want to have fun. And there's something to that. And if you have that fun factor, you can overlook some other things that you might not overlook when you have the death factor or the misery factor or, you know, that stuff. And I think that that's a really good play that they're going with. And I think that Mark Wade with this book has actually kind of brought some light onto that for at least dc as well because this book is selling well it's getting great reviews and it's it's just fun so that and being so, said about fun lightheartedness do you think the joker's gonna kill boy thunder yeah i think he's gonna be dead <laughs> dead as a doornail eric and the i fun was gonna times say have begun. here's one of the fun parts of the, but here's the thing if you end up going with that it still kind of feels like a classic thing, right? That's what the Joker does. Well, even the idea where you have these characters, like we have the original Teen Titans, which it makes sense why you, people love them so much, including myself, because you have a new Teen Titans book like we just had before. Like here's Crush, the daughter of Lobo. Here's Roundhouse. Here's all of these other characters that you may or may not know, newly introduced or just been around for a little while, like New Kid Flash or even Red Arrow, Emiko Queen. They're fine, but they are not the sidekicks of the biggest superheroes in the world that you have come to know and love, come together to kick ass and take names by themselves. That's what makes them great in the idea that they are friends and family first. I love this family you know, slash friends aspect, whatever you want to take it. 
And I, this is what I'm missing from Teen Titans right now. Yeah, and it feels like a family right away. And again, there's going to be some things in this that it's just Mark Wade doing some magic here. You know, he's a good writer, kind of lost his way, but I thought at Marvel, but back here at DC, he's really got it, where it doesn't feel like it's that hard to have a scene where all of the Teen Titans are there together and they're having a and good just time. just messing with Boy and, Thunder's powers yeah, and having yeah. fun. And having fun. And with everything being said, I think that the, I was afraid that we were going to get the story of, oh, that's why Superman doesn't really have a sidekick a lot of times because it's a lot of trouble. And maybe it's a little bit too much for Boy Thunder, but it's so fun. And even when, hey, we're going to call you Boy Thunder. Uh, do I have a pick in that? Nope, it's already done. Hey, I got a oh, trademark boy, on dick. that. Oh, you <laughs> Boy Wonder, you get out of here. I love just this back and forth. Of the characters and then even have Donna like you come and talk to me over here. Yeah, I, I don't know that this is right. Like something is off here. And Thanks I, a lot I for like the vote that. of confidence, Donna. And, and I think that you're always judging thing is, everybody. Yeah, really. Look at you with your judgmental, sexy eyes. You end up wow. where here is Boy Thunder, right? David, he's here. He's a new David's character. A What's the difference between, say, him and Naomi? And and the, the difference is, is that he fits in this book and there's a lot of characters. You're not pushing like a lot of these things where they say, oh, new characters can't work. They can't. No, no. This is actually the fast track of easing it in. It's kind of like well, it's also an old characters being reintroduced in a modern setting. But I'm saying David and this thing in that suit and it's playing off of an old thing from, you know, World's Finest that was a Superman suit, all that stuff. But there's also Doom Patrol has been in this book. You have so many different characters that it doesn't feel like this one character is necessarily forced. It actually feels pretty natural. Well, even the idea, it's a World's Finest Batman Superman plus a plethora of guest stars, which always makes it fun. Well, and this is the thing when you have this book, it's fun. It also always feels big because of that. It actually feels like sometimes what an event does because of the characters that we didn't expect coming in and, and doing things, which we get again. This is something that you end up having Mark, well, excuse me, Mark Wade doing where I'm waiting for Firestorm to show. I'm, I'm waiting for every character that you want to show up because you don't have a lot of books that do this anymore. A lot of books don't have this many guest stars and i think it's pretty cool it's such a weird idea bridging the gap from silver slash bronze age stuff making it a modern day telling even though it's still in the past it's more of a modern past for what we're dealing with now because you do have a supergirl here who shouldn't be here for this part of the timeline for what they're trying to play with but even the idea when superman is talking to david about how he has to start wearing a mask he has to have his own life secret identities are important and he goes to supergirl Hey, Supergirl, do you have any suggestions? Like, you could always put him in an orphanage because that's what Superman did to her. She yep, lived in an orphanage as Linda Lee. I'm like, that's weird having this as a modern take But she still. might be it's, pissed off. I'm saying, though, just imagine this, though. Like, this is the, let's call it the 90s slash early 2000s. If we're going to say that modern comics and, like, the incontinuity is present day. The idea of that happening to her, like, let's say the 90s, oh early God. 2000s. It was, like, it was the, the worst. It was, it was, I ended up doing a Patreon show. Of that first appearance when she yeah. came down. It's a great line, but it feels so weird now. Yeah, like, but I don't know what to do. I'm going to put you in the orphanage right away. She's like, oh, God, like he doesn't want me to do it. She went out that same night. She went out flying around and stuff like that. She was pissed. But yeah, it, it was. But it's kind of that funny wink, wink line. Maybe a lot of people didn't even get it. 
because of the differences of the Supergirls. So, the thing is, I'm really afraid then that people don't get it. They just think that Supergirl's a bitch because it doesn't like David. (laughs) Here's the thing. Even if they did get it, she kind of is there. I mean, there you go. And so I thought it was pretty funny, though. I think that she's actually jealous. I mean, when she looks, she looks pretty damn pissed. With her arms crossed like that, I think that she's jealous of You just want me to be a boy thunder, don't you, Clark? But it's fun in this, even when you go through, you end up having Batman trying to set up Dick with with Supergirl. That's fun stuff that you don't normally see, even if it doesn't matter, that mean anything. It's just fun stuff, though I still think that this kid who's unproven, untested, to be the sidekick of Superman, that's a lot. That's well, that's a why lot he didn't stick around handle. back in the day either. And and the weird play is you would say, well, that's because Superman will watch him. But Superman like leaves him right away because everybody's busy uh, because we end up seeing the actual story here. We got problems with Go- in Gotham featuring the key. The key. And I don't know. This this whole story and the explanation, it, it, it seemed a little hokey to me overall. I wasn't really loving the story itself. But. Gotham itself is under siege from the keys using psychotropic chemicals with, through an aerosol-like blanket to make everybody think that everything around them is locked and can't open. It's, at times, it really just, just seems like the actual things like doorways, elevator doors, every door there is is actually locked. But it seems more of a psychotropic thing where they have this fear that they can't open the door. And because of that, they literally can't open the door. They are stuck where they are. Even Batman and Robin, because of this, are stuck in the back case. So we have to call in the supers for help, Superman, Supergirl, and Boy Thunder. But for some reason, when you have this going on, because Batman knows about this, I feel like he could overcome it or have an antidote within the Batcave itself. But you also have Superman, Supergirl, and Boy Thunder not being affected by it. I like it, the idea, and I wish you had that side panel. I'm just going to make it in my head cannon where you, Superman says, hey, Batman, are you okay? Oh, no, no, I'm not okay. He's like, shh, over to Dick Grace. And Dick's like, what are you talking about? We're no, 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 we're sitting this one out. I'm kind of tired. And almost like at one point, I thought he was almost trying to test David. Like, we want to see how they do it. Uh, and also with Batman, it's because he's a dick and he's, oh, let's see what Superman does with a little brat like you. Dick's like, what did I do? Uh, but it felt weird. It did feel weird with those two. But he has a person. He has a guy working on the deal. We'll see who that is. And it's kind of a fun little play. And, and you're getting I wish it point. was more. Yeah, I, I think that you're getting to the point, though, in this book where he might even be saying, who's going to be in this one? Who's going to come in that one when he says that sort of thing or whatnot? But it's OK. I mean, they go off and they're trying to save some people and you end up kind of learning some stuff through action here of David, of Boy Thunder, of how, you know, his planet went down. We get a little bit of some flashbacks from him. He gets scared at points and he's trying to. Well, that's because Batman's a dick. We have we have Supergirl and Superman. And Boy Thunder, who are here to save the day, we can have everybody do stuff to save Gotham, you know, cut holes in walls for the emergency room so doctors can get the patients. Do whatever you want. Do not send a boy who has not tested his powers with heat powers to go to a freaking a coal mine where there's a methane leak to cut the door. But if you use your powers a little bit too much, even though they're untested, you're going to murder everybody inside for that explosion. Like, don't send him on this. Do you think at first... When this started, do you think like some of the miners are like, oh, man, well, what would you eat for dinner last night? You think that somebody thought somebody cut the cheese when they did that, that methane leak kind of stinks. But they end up where he <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I what don't I really was think thinking. so. I think they're really upset because they're oh, locked man. inside. Who farted in here? I mean, we can't get out of here. Uh, but, yeah, you end up having him go and he has to center his house. He's got to control them more. Or they'll blow up. I mean, that's a lot to put on 
uh, a little kid who's just trying to control his powers. And that's uh, especially because now he's on Earth. They're amplified. All this stuff going on. That is a lot to put him in. And Batman does not ease him in. He's yelling at him. He's like, hey, if you mess up right now, you're all going to die. So you better not mess up. I'd love like, where David's like, well, what should I do then? Don't mess up. Oh, th- thanks, Batman. Thanks, thanks Coach. a lot. Thanks a lot there. As you know, you have Dick kind of waiting there with bated breath because that's kind of a new friend of his and things like that. But at first, he starts doing it, but he stops. He goes off because too much he's pressure. remembering of everybody dying on his planet. They're burning up. He sees that. We don't know. This could be even more nefarious or evil than we think. I but. thought it was going to be, but I really do think that David is like, like A-OK. He's not some kind of like weird monster that murdered his planet. Because it, it does come along those lines for the way he can't help anybody when the, the world is being destroyed. But if he knows if he doesn't do anything with the power that he's been given, like people on his world, like the way that uh, Kara talked to him about how she understands losing a world when you're this age and how frustrating and angry it can make you. And like even the PTSD of it all. And David will not let that happen again. David will get his shit together and go and save those miners because that is who he needs to be because he's not going to let anybody else die again. And if if it was something nefarious, we end up seeing it, it's really bad because he probably shouldn't have powers on his planet. He kind of seemed to get the powers because like Cal, when he came to Earth. So if he did have those powers, that means he's already used to them, even if they did end up going wonky. So I do think that it's not that. But who knows? You, you never know. And I kind of worry a little, but he goes back. He thinks, and like you said, he talks to Kara. Did it, boy, Thunder? It's a nice little way. And it's a nice way. That's what I think is kind of cool in this. A couple of issues into a story, and then you're you're giving little dribs and drabs. Yeah, there's Supergirl. We don't need to know her origin. But for some people who don't, it actually works in naturally based on the story. This isn't right. just... Hey, look at me. I'm Supergirl and Argo. And I, that, no, and she's this not is out of nowhere. She's been in this in the first arc. And boy, a lot of this reminds me of something that I really like. One of the things I really like with Joshua Williamson's Flash, when you had Flash go with Avery and talk to her and kind of say how he was and calming down. I love when a hero helps a younger hero to kind of pull it in and know what it is to be heroic and show them you already are. Go and do it. I thought it was a really good moment. And he goes off then to save. And I like that. At that point, it's almost like, well, that David, he done messed up calling Superman. Almost like they could have anyway, but they were to. But he already goes. And I like that they're all coming out. He proves that he can do it. He proves that he is not even just that idea of a hero, but he proved to himself now that he can do this stuff. He can overcome. Great power comes great responsibility. And he wasn't, you know, what Kara's saying, it wasn't his fault. And so don't blame yourself. There is survivor's guilt and there would be. And it's done in a way. This is here's the other thing here. Mark Wade is doing this in a way that's the exact opposite of Tom King. If it was Tom King, David would go off to the sanctuary, kill somebody, cry. No, this is to realize what had happened to get over that in a heroic way to elevate them. And that's what we need. That's what I think we need a lot in the comics nowadays, and I think that's why people love this. That tone, this tone of this book is more of a heroic, you know, fun, adventurous deal. And I love unless things do turn and get weird, where he is the killer of his planet. There you go. But (laughs) hey, for now, I'll go. But I'm saying that would be a terrible turn for this, especially for the end of the idea that the key got away to fight another day, and that he's actually working with the Joker and was trying to hold all of Gotham ransom so they could both become rich, but. He couldn't because the super showed up. He didn't expect that. With a new sidekick, Boy Thunder, and the Joker said, sidekick, huh? I love sidekicks. 
Which is a weird thing for that, too. Just for the Joker, just to imagine, like, the way he talks, it's almost like unknowing that he's already murdered Jason Todd, even though it takes place before that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I always say is when the Joker comes into any book with Batman in it, it's too big. It becomes a Joker book. But there's this pacing of this book and how many different characters are in here. We have Blue Beetle here. He's spraying the city. It doesn't you feel it, like Ted. that's the case here. And boy, I, you I like look it. good. And even going back to some Tom King shade again, I do like because when you do see the, you know, Dan Moore is drawing this Supergirl like that Tom King book. And what ended up in that book, you know, Supergirl being so whatever the heck it was, Woman of Tomorrow. Yeah. You were playing that idea that the Argo and all that. And the, that was so bad. And nobody ever talked that that she was mad and going off and she's going to be. It's the same concept here, but she's using it to show how, you know, hey, I'm like you and you can get over this. And I like that. But yeah, David, I ends love up the way the Supergirl through. looks. Yeah, I do too. I think it's, uh, the art in this because it's right. modern I, slash classic. The way that like Dan Moore has updated all of these costumes. He had the Dick Grayson threw me off at first because it's very Tim Drake co- like you know Robin costume esque. But all the updates to all these costumes for a new retelling of this for a modern age is amazing to me. You know what's funny, and I know that you said you, we said you you get a little while. Okay, the continuity here and the fun fact or whatever. This is what I imagine. Like if you got hit in the head and everything was just pure hyper time of your own mind, like this would be Eric Shea's like, like nothing is quite exactly in continuity, but you want to have fun. And so, and when, when Ted comes, when Blue Beetle comes in, you said you would have liked more of, of course, Ted, it's maybe, Blue Beetle. but when he's there in the Beetle and you said, that looks awesome. I mean, when he's sitting there, like he's sitting there almost like a Captain Kirk. He's he's lounging back, right? It's like my son, Rafe. I get in the car, and the seat is so far back. Maybe because he's taller than me, Eric. I don't know. But it feels like, you know, I can't even... Just sit down. I'm falling down. It's like a bed. He's got that thing Well, even the idea that you have this weird placement in time, which I'm going to keep talking about, because why not? But this is a pre-Booster Gold Ted Court, so this is a capable, no-nonsense Ted who can have fun, but it's not bros before heroes Ted. No, it's not. Again, that almost feels like this book does a bunch of things that, you know, Tom King might have went one way, but I'm going to go this other way because it is the not the bros. That, that's nonsense. And I say it's, it's a pre-Booster Gold Ted. I just have to assume that just for where we are. Yes, it's pr- post-crisis supposedly, but... You know, Booster wouldn't come until, like, I think, 89, 88, along those lines. And I want to say that this takes place before that era of things going on, even though it should be in the 2000s. Um, the panel below, Ted, is uh, it, that is maybe the only manly way that Superman is going to be able to fly Batman around. I love it, where he's holding him by the one arm. Dislocate that shoulder. Like, just, just standing there. <laughs> I know. The, the idea that Batman is going to risk major injury to his rotator cuff or anything like that have to have Tommy, you know, what's it called? That Tommy John surgery is just so he doesn't look like a, a simp there in, in the, the arms cradled like a bat baby. But I, I wish you could cradle me like a bat baby, Eric. I'd like that. But, you know, they end up going and they end up in, you know, the void. It's kind of a weird play. All of this is a little odd at one point. And the overall story is more about the feels and the character moments to me oh, yeah. than the actual worried about the And key. getting to know more about David Sakella and if he has the stuff to really come through in yeah, the I end. Like and you that. know what? He does. And when you get the Joker Boy, at the end, maybe some people would be like, oh, we don't need the Joker. But we'll see. This feels I mean, different because this is a different era Joker that I don't have to worry about the over-the-top Joker that we've had over and over again in current times. Since this takes place in like, you know, a pre-Jason Todd timeline, 
I want to see what this Joker is going to do, especially the idea of teaming up with, you know, with the key just for simple things as money. I mean, and thinking of this, and oh, man, I love sidekicks. Ah, he's laughing it up. Yeah, I don't think you've gone against a sidekick like this with powers of Superman. You might be a and big I trouble joker. I'm here for That's it. the thing that makes me laugh. Like, it, this isn't just a, a little kid who's in tights running around in pixie boots. This is a super-powered kid who may not be able to control his own power, so I think that you may have to pull really him back like, a bit. I don't exactly understand Boy Thunder's powers, except for the idea that he heats up the air around him and there's a cocoon for, like, a cocoon for the thunder aspect of it, but... It's heat-based powers, but I really feel like ultimately what we have here is a human bomb of a kid. Yeah, it does seem like that, but it's pretty cool. And then it says next, Fears of a Clown. Oh, that's playing off the song, Eric. Maybe we'll end up doing a little parody, me and you. Uh, But with that, what would you give it? Ultimately, I think the art's greatness. I love all the redesigns, and I love all the characters that were in this book, the way they are progressed. Especially, I'm telling you, I wish we had more Blue Beetle. I wish we had more Teen Titans. The, be- the uh, bit that we do have them, though, is really good, even if it is limited. And ultimately, I find myself caring about this more and more because while it's a weird place in time, it is about the feels and it is about the fun. And I have feels and fun in both this 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 9 out of 10. I'm going to go even further. I love the art in it. And I like the fun. You want them people to go gaga for the world's finest? No, the people going gaga are the 10s, 9s, 8s. I mean, people are really, really into this. But I actually, again, sometimes when we talk about things, I say when I'm reading it, ooh, Eric's going to like this because it's a really fun little Teen Titans deal. And you end up having that, you know, man, I wish that we could have that. Like you said at the beginning, you do end up where he is almost like, you know, baiting you, like, would you like this? You're like, I want some more, but you don't get it. Then you get Blue Beetle, I want some more. Because one of the things is, like, I want to see what character is going to pop up next that I love. What D-list or what obscure kind of character who doesn't get the forefront anymore that used to or along these lines. Who is going to show up? And all I really want is Captain Marvel, but it doesn't make any sense for Shazam to show up here because he's been reinvented in New 52 as a new, younger kind of character with his new, like, backstory. So... He won't be around. He'll be like six years old at this point in time. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. He if would it really, does, I'll be so he angry. would really fit though in it. Not <laughs> the timeline great. bit, but yeah. he would fit really good in the whole overall story and things like that. But we'll move on to the next book. And it's a finale, Eric, a finale of Batman the Night. I actually was waiting through this whole issue, sitting there thinking at the end, you were going to get that night deal that we had in the first issue it is or the so. biggest like misstep of this entire book not continuing the idea of the subconscious of bruce wayne cowering side of a, a, a body of armor right like a suit of armor and stuff like that that would eventually become the batman armor itself you had that in the first issue and it was a really cool look to the inside thoughts of bruce wayne and i wish we would have had that throughout until eventually it becomes what we know to be the batman and how he's going to become you know the the knight the freaking vengeance going forward we completely went against it and like it just like left it behind i'm like it would have been perfect here i really have that as an inclusion and you mentioned it already before last issue and i thought he's gonna get us this last one and then we won't be able to say anything and i thought because of the cover were we gonna get the yes father i will become the bat i actually thought that he was gonna do something with a knight you know the armor yes father i'll become the knight and kind of go that little play doesn't really do any of that, but I was wondering where this whole night thing went. That thing just disappeared. But Batman cool the Night idea. number 10, written by Chip Sidarsky, art by Carmine D.G. DeMonico, Ivan Placencia, and Pat Rousseau. So we end up having all this, and one of the big changes was during the initial training, Rachel Ghoul is involved. That's something that is rushed in 
Uh, it's okay. I mean, when you go through this, you're going to end it's, up thinking about when is this going to happen? When's that going to happen? This is. I, more- I don't know how anything works now that Rachel Gould has already been introduced to Bruce Wayne and vice versa for when they, you know, like Talia and him would get together, the freaking, like, you know, top with sword fighting. All of that stuff feels kind of like out of place now. But not only that, but I like this issue enough, but putting Rachel Gould in here is too much too soon because how does Bruce Wayne go from stopping the world's biggest terrorist here and putting on a ski mask and getting beat up by Thug well, Story has to ring the bell for problem. Alfred? My biggest problem isn't Talia because I think that what they're going to play is, well, whenever you want to think they got together again and did that, you, you can go with it. I don't think we're going to get that story again. So they'll just let you know what you know and just kind of fudge it in. But this is a reinvention of the this origins of This is a reinvention of, of the yeah. origins and to put Ghostmaker in there. The Ghostmaker is so damn important, Eric, Ghost that you got to get that guy in. to Batman's backstory now and everything they did together to do it. But for some reason, no matter what, you're going to reinvent stuff. You always have to go back to at least a something that reminds you or looks like Batman year one. And you can't get rid of that. But if you... This feels like a, you can't get to that point now from how big we end this book. And that's the funny play is because I thought that the play, we were talking about it. You even said, oh, I see the cover. We're going to get the yes. And yeah, you might redo that the same. But when I said, I thought, oh, yes, father, I'll be the night. That might have, that might be a little too ballsy, right? You don't want to end up. Do we have to go with zero year now? Yeah. I, I, no, I think that this is it. Off we go and everybody can think all they want, but. It does feel too big. I think that's where you're right about it. When you end up, you have now saved the world while training. Now you go back, ski mask, go beat up some criminals. No, no, try to beat figure things up by criminals and realize that I have to become the bat to take on criminals. It feels like this is already like, fuck that. When he's done there, he goes, finds the cave, boom, Batman out. And I, it feels like he's already going to start being Batman day one. Uh, after this training to me because of how much he's done. I am curious how, how things play out because it's been a year since I read Zero Year, since it came out and so on those lines. How well Zero plays, like Zero Year plays into after this. If you read that, like, you know, Batman the Night into Zero Year, if it actually plays out well and feels like, you know, more like connected than a Batman Year One at this point. I thought I was going to be more upset. I, I kind of laughed the idea that this seems like a, a vehicle because we got to get that ghost <laughs> Just the idea that Ghostmaker is so the important that you have to redo this. But you, if, if he is, if you think he is, he isn't, whatever, you do have the points that you have to have. You have the big moment. Don't go to Gotham. If you come to Gotham, I'm going to kill your ass. And he's like, you try. Well, I'll be back someday. And so you end up, I know, but you end up where you have that. So, okay, that's established. You end up having a reason why he would trust him a little more, at least care for him. Because he saves his ass here and all that stuff going around. But again, it's so big because you have Raish. It starts off with him and Ghostmaker, Anton, fighting. Makoa. And yeah, and they're fighting, and whoever wins gets to join up. You get with to become Raish. the demon's hand. Bruce, Bruce wins, would never be the demon's hand. He's bigger than a hand, he's the demon's heart. And it seems like a weird play to do the origins of Batman here, showing all of the training for him to move back to Gotham. And ultimately, what you get here when he does defeat Raish is, you know, Talia coming to her father's rescue. It says, he was never the demon's heart, father. I'm the demon's heart. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a Talia daddy issue story. I got you. She had to prove herself. How dare eh? you? Uh, and so with that, Heartless is already on his way, Eric. He has nothing to do over there. He's got a little heart. But yeah, you have that. And it's kind of a hokey line. But it was okay. 
And then you even have, you know, the little smoochy smoochies with Natalia. We know that they have the sexual tension and all that going on all along with that. I thought we were going to get some crazy play in this where, oh, no, is there a possibility that later on that Damien was actually good? You keep getting that. Like, is he deathstroke? But you don't get that. Thank God. Yeah. But you do get that friendship. You do see that when it looked like Bruce took down fully, you know, Anton Ghostmaker. He, he ended up telling, he's got the missiles, Bruce. And that I have to take over. down, no matter what, I have to take down Minkoa, even though he thinks he's better than me. I have to show that I have no boundaries. He's hollow inside. I have all this pain inside, which makes me better because I'm not going to stop fighting. He defeats Anton or slash Makoa slash Ghostmaker to become the demon's hand solely so he can get into Raish's organization to take it down from the inside. Yeah, and the inside is that they had discovered that he, and, and, it, you want to make funny. these Lazarus cities, these self-sustaining cities for all over the world to bring world peace. But to do that, you're going to kill half the world with these missiles. Batman or pre-Batman can't allow that. He's a missile-toting Thanos, this guy. And we know that. And this is where Bruce learns this idea and was a little naive. Oh, you're going to make the world better. Well, yeah, but race is also against, you know, population. And you got to control that to get and most people will be against. You can't just say, hey, everybody, I got this great thing we're going to do. And it's it, called the yeah. lottery. Yeah, yeah, really. This actually reminds me what Raish is doing here reminds me a lot of the newer X-Men books with Krakoa and all that stuff with their plants and their flowers. But it is that idea. There's going to be pushback. He's going to have to fight. This thing isn't easy, but it's the overall good that should be there. But, you know, Bruce and Batman, he can't just sit back and let anybody die like that. That's too much. And so he does end up rigging these. And boy, he, you know, really wants to go out with a bang. And I'm not even making a joke. The idea that he's like right there and just, hey, Race, what's up? Boom. And then he says, I'm doing this and making sure nobody dies here. There's <laughs> how many people you think really he died? He said, out for everybody to leave because things were going to explode. And I, I have to assume that everybody got out because they were told, right? <laughs> I see explosions. And then I see in an announcement, Eric, he hits that button, ba-boom. That's just the pre-explosion to the big explosion. The compound will be destroyed. That's the warning like, oh, explosion. Maybe warn them earlier than that. <laughs> yeah, that's the warning explosion. Warning oh, my God. I, and what did you think were in, Are those just nuclear missiles? Yeah, like, I, I don't know if... He's blowing them up. I don't think anything survives this, but I don't know. I'm pretty I, sure you can blow up nuclear missiles because they have to be armed a certain way to do it. So I think you can, but I don't remember if they talked about in the last issue here. if they were nuclear missiles or not, or if they're like, you know, what kind of missiles are. I we don't just think know he'd go nuclear, though. Places. Yeah, because you've ruined the land around yeah, you at that point. Yeah, you'd ruin the land. So I think that these things would just blow the hell out of everything. But he does warn them, but I don't know, a little bit. These guys are all bad, so I don't think he cares. But he does say. They're working towards world peace, Jim. And I, uh, you have that play where Chip Zdarsky is making it so that he's doing the Batman stuff. He's sneaking around at the night, and he's doing this, putting stuff in charge. Well, not only that, he's become okay. the demon's hand. He needs his solitude, though, because while he admires the Lazarus cities that Raish has built, he can't be around people for who he is. So he found himself a local cave system to go and meditate and ponder upon the world and also create sabotage devices like explosives to take this down when he needs to. But it's ultimately just giving you the little bits of Batman where, boy, like before, you know, I was talking about caves with the one trainer I had. I, I do like the caves. Maybe I'll have to take this up later on. Uh, it Again, some of this stuff was a little more hokey, but this wasn't as bad. I'm telling you, the cave stuff, I'm like, 
Okay, I get it. It didn't feel as forced to say, ooh, I like the cat burglars. I will I tell like you, a forced bit, like I said, always going back to Batman Year One because it's one of my favorite Batman stories, but you can't go on top of defeating the world's greatest terrorist with, you know, destroying all this, but also besting him in a hand-to-hand, well, not hand-to-hand, but a, a mano-a-mano sword fight right away. You just beat Rachel Ghoul, and I'm like, it's too much for where we need to be right now. Later, you know, he tells Catwoman to do the same thing against Talia, right? So it all works out. Talia that was too up, much. <laughs> yeah, Talia ends up stabbing him through. Daddy, I'm here for you. Do you like my sideburns, That's Daddy? classic Talia. I mean, Talia could end up saying whatever she wants. She needs the love of her daddy. If her dad and Grace is spending so much time with Bruce. I said earlier that you ended up having Supergirl get upset at David. In the world's finest, but no, Talia here is upset, and I think that she, you you can play all the things. She's upset, oh, I'm a girl, he doesn't do this, but boy, runs him right through. I do like the idea where, you know, Raish and Talia, they get out because he's, you know, Bruce has run through, and he's left there in the wreckage wondering himself, like, we've heard of, like, maybe, like, three times in the past eight years, the idea of coming back to, is it a good death? Father, mother, is it a good death? You have it for the first time here in the timeline. And I like the idea that Bruce did all this stuff trying to create the person that he wants to be to avenge his parents and make sure that nothing ever happens like this again. And this might be the ultimate thing for him to do. And is it good enough? And he believes himself, yes, this is good enough. But it's not going to be good enough because Anton slash Mikoa slash Ghostmaker comes back to save his best buddy's ass, even though he bested him. And what fun they're going to have because the idea of that. I don't think Minkoa can allow this to go on because Bruce bests him. He can't let him to die because Ghostmaker needs his chance to best him again. Yeah, and you even had him being taken out to the desert, being taught a little lesson. And uh, we already said that some of this actually felt, whether it was or not, but it seemed to go with that idea that where Tom King said in Killing Time that one of the original trainers of Bruce was Raish. And you said, maybe this is you know, Chip Zdarsky throwing, you know, a, a solid Hopefully. to him and saying that. I'm telling you that reading that, is this a good death, actually makes the Tom King deal where he's surfing on the plane in the beginning of Rebirth. <laughs> yes. It makes it better to me because this is something now that he does. It's ingrained you know what in I mean? Him, yeah. it, before, it felt like, why wouldn't, and we said, why would you think that now? Why in Tom King's run suddenly? Are you doing that? In the first issue of Tom King's run. Yeah, now we see that it is something. And the, the problem is, is there going to be a better death? And so I, I went with this idea in my head. Hell, that when I, thought he says, I thought him getting a mega beam by dark side, taking him on one-on-one was a good death. <laughs> saving the world from Rachel Gold, pretty damn good death. And I also got, though, you could go the opposite way of, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, I wanted to avenge your death. And I didn't. I ended up where is this good enough for you, though? I'm saving the world. Is that good enough? And, you know, Thomas and Martha are like, no, it isn't. We're, we're selfish. We want <laughs> you to go it. back. Right? They end up, but it, it made me kind of laugh the idea of it could be either way. Like he's almost apologizing to them. I didn't get to do that. I trained all this time to avenge your death. Please allow this to be good. But he gets saved. But I do like that thing that it is now. Something that you he's thinking of all the time, so it makes more sense in the Tom King thing. It actually makes that better in my mind because it threw us off. It threw everybody off. It really did that first deal and the first issue of him, though it was cool, where he's surfing the plane down in the gods, and we're like, "There's no way he's going to be able to get through these streets and whatnot." But it was he's kind of a cool deal. Yeah, yeah. So 
I will tell you one another thing about this book, though, because once he is saved and he makes his way back to Gotham, knowing that, like, you know, Ghostmaker's going to go on and become who he's going to be. He can have the rest of the world, but stay out of Gotham because that's my territory. I'm going back home to try to make it a better place. And when he does eventually get home and gets hugged by Alfred, even though he was worried if Alfred would even talk to him when he came back, it's a great moment. But if Chip Zdarsky and his Batman run after doing this does not in his next arc or somewhere in there, reintroduce the character of Bruce's best friend Dana from high school, it is going to be a real shame because I want her... You got that feel, though, that this is setting that up, right? I, I'm sorry. That, if, that he's if doing they let, this to go to It there. better be a setup because if he lets it go, I'm going to be very disappointed because even like when Bruce goes back and looks at a picture of him and Dana uh, like at home and stuff like that, and he says, Alfred says she moved to Metropolis after graduation and engaged to a firefighter working for a startup company called LexCorp. I want all of this to come back. I want, you know, it's years later. All of a sudden, Dana, she's getting divorced. You might even have a kid or something like that. But comes back home to live in Gotham, and Bruce and her reconnect. Maybe even create a new love interest since Catwoman's out back well, in Belmont. Well, that's what I was thinking, that maybe that should be the love interest that he, he gets. Maybe she comes back and runs against Nakano for Mayor Eric. It's, it's for not, the I'm picking. Telling you. Thing is, picking. That, that's not a bad idea either. Just get Nakano out of office. <laughs> get him out. I mean, really, and have her there. It'll be something that he cares about. Also, he could start dating her. All the, I think that this is going to be a setup. And that's when we were going through this, a lot of this, obviously, Ghostmaker heavy. So, yeah, that's where he told him to keep out. But you start at this last issue starting to think when you see Dana mentioned, ooh, now he's setting up some things. And that's a cool play. To have him be able to do this and then have the regular run. I'm pretty sure we don't even have a last name for her yet, so she better come back and get established properly. Oh, Eric, it says Dana Plato. It's, <laughs> no, it's you know, Dana different Plato. strokes. It's oh, Dana she's going to have a bad end. Uh, she really does. She goes down. Well, couldn't Bruce Wayne save her? Couldn't he? Uh, why in this, and really you should, you know, any writer going should take notice. Because I had some feels with him coming back to Alfred. And I'm like, why didn't I get those feels with Alfred coming back in the Batman versus Robin? Exactly. He's a devil, all right. But I I, and where you get that, I like where Bruce comes back and says, I really want to see him. I hope he wants to see me. You know, it's like, I love Alfred and I hope that he likes me. (laughs) So they go and they hug there. And uh, it's nice. It's really nice. But I also like the classic where. They get right back in or into that role where Alfred shows up the next morning. Mr. Bruce, I may. Oh, shit, he's not here. Like, oh, really, God right. damn, he's out back digging caves. One day back, and there's already <laughs> a wasted breakfast right away. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was nice. Because at this point, we're getting near the end. So I'm waiting. Is he going to go to that suit of armor? Are we going to have that? Are we going to have Yes, Father? I needed that to be a, I needed some kind of book into that. And even just him going down to the cave system underneath the manor. That's not what I needed for the finale of this, to try to tie it into Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. But he's there getting the cave ready. It looks cool. Got all the bats Yeah, it looks badass. Everything about this book looks badass. How about if he went down, he's like, why is there a fucking giant penny down here? He's already there. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's just a recon. It's always (laughs) just been down there. It's weird. A penny, a card. It's one of them metals. They're all there. I don't get this. Yeah, really. It's one of those (laughs) other ones. He's like. One of their secret medals that opens up the dark, the dark multiverse, copper. He's like, oh my god, it's almost like I'm a wagon. Oh my, a wing. Ah, but I like this. I actually liked it more with me and you talking about it. Uh, because when I read it, I was okay. We get these things thrown in, whatnot. I was kind of, I was taking a little bit of back of the big, large deal of Rachel Gould this quick. And I don't know that at this point in this book, you needed that to sell the book. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I do. It, it felt like it was there. Batman to, sells itself. Oh, get this. Yeah. 
So I wish that it was a little bit more subtle, a little bit maybe. And I actually thought it was going to be one of those where, because we we established at one point, ooh, race, assassins, what? I thought we were just going to have Bruce then doing his thing, and then eventually, last issue, maybe you have race and tell you, I'm going to have to look at that boy, almost you, like the you Emperor. Palpatine, exactly. Yeah, you're Palpatine the you shit out of that, or the idea, because of I what Bruce we does, like, let's say against some ninjas, League of Assassins, whatever, it puts Bruce on, you know, race's radar for later on. And if you want to do a little wink wink, have him like fight on a train, because at the one point there was a train in there the first time he met Talia. And, and, you know, get the establish he likes the railways, Eric. He's a third rail boy over here. <laughs> uh, but I did think we were going to get a Palpatine. I really thought at the beginning of the series, yeah. but in this, I, I'm glad you didn't have the I will become the bat, though. That might have been too much, and you didn't change it, so. With that, what would you give it? Ultimately, I think this is a fun issue. I like what they did, except for making things too big too soon for the era, like the history of Bruce Wayne for where we are right now. I can overlook it because I had fun for the majority of this series. I think it was good overall, even though I poo-pooed it initially because why do we need a retelling of Batman's origin? But it did a good job of re- like you know retelling it and putting Ghostmaker in there firmly to have this current continuity that we're now dealing with. So ultimately, I'm going to give this finale a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it uh, an 8. And I think overall, I'm probably around an eight. Overall, seven, eight, eight around. Uh, yeah. Just your enthusiasm got me, Eric. Now, I'll also ask you, having this, and we're doing a Dark Crisis, say, and we don't know, reboot, Are no we? reboot, whatnot. Is DC doing a Dark do Crisis you think even? That, well, do you think that the next reboot, if we did have a full reboot, say March, full reboot, right. does Ghostmaker has to make it through that reboot now, right? You Agreed. just spent this He's whole the leader time. Batman Incorporated. <laughs> and you just spent this whole time setting that up where I guess maybe we should have looked at that with people trying to, you know, look at the tea leaves. Are they going to reboot? Whatnot? You're just having a new origin established for Batman. What, for three more issues and then reboot? That might be silly. So, yes. But then again, they don't like rebooting the Batmans. He usually has it just go right through, but it would have been kind of funny. But really, I guess this ups the ante with Ghostmaker, right? I really do want to go and read this again fully through and then go right into Zero Year to see if there's any real continuity if it feels right. This because I know the basics of Zero Year from what we did previously, how reading it back when it came out. I don't remember it very well, I though. I think that when you do that, you should do a little video on it because the that thing would is, be wasn't very Bruce in the military in a bit of that? He might have been, Eric. Yes, I believe so. That doesn't really so. work out in my mind. I remember, I do remember seeing sand and, and a exactly. fly's eye. Remember that with the close-up yeah. with the fly's eye that used to drive me Capullo nuts? Capullo loved that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was Capullo or the script of Scott Snyder, but yeah, you had that weird stuff. Uh, but we're going to move on to the next book, last book of the section. A big another one, finale. Another finale and one For that now. seems to set up a lot of things. I saw a lot of people upset. I that it does end up stopping only to set some things up. I don't know. Why would I, people I wonder, be upset about that? Because they were upset that this was a title to begin with. I know. And I, I was going to say, it's weird for me because a lot of times I will get upset at stuff like that. But this didn't feel This entire like series was all based on the idea of setting things up. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe because I'm intrigued and I kind of like what's going on and want to get what we're setting up. Maybe that's why. I'm not as upset, but you give I am us just worried credits. that we gave it a way too much, not praise, but the idea that we thought it was bigger than what it was just because of all the concepts that it was giving us, like this, that, and the other thing, where we were building on our theories well, to what Eric, may be happening. Well, was that a little meta? Were, were we playing meta there? Because 
it feels like what we did with Doomsday Clock versus Metal. And all that. We were like, this is the big thing. And then we were told by Scott Snyder that it was, that isn't the big thing. This is the, oh, it is the big thing again. Oh, it's not. I still so we think just it's kind of go thing, through that again. But the ideas that we had because of the weird timeline of it being during Dark Crisis and stuff like that, to the point at one point it seemed like Batman died and then came back after Dark Crisis to finish this whole that, thing off. That's wonky. And I had yeah. theories of, of things exactly. that maybe. We're trying to make it make sense when we don't need to. Maybe in a better world here. Uh, things wouldn't have been so desperate. And they, this feels almost like when we had Doomsday Clock back in the day, that got delayed to then yeah. make Death Metal the big thing. Then you get to this and they're like, let's not wait. Just shove the shit all out there. We'll see what sticks. Go, baby. And you go. And it did seem like too much at one point. And it kind of, again, like you, the tug of war of your heart, Eric, going back and forth between these two books. Uh, but give us the credits and we'll jump into it. Flashpoint Beyond number six, written by Jeff Johns, Tim Sheridan, Jeremy Adams with Art Pfizer, Monaco, Mikhail Janine, Gary Frank, Romuald Fajardo Jr., Jordi Belair, Brad, Adner- Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. We have all of the hits hitters coming out here to really make this book special for its finale, where we pick up the idea that Rip Hunter has come to pretty much confront Batman with breaking into the time vault and taking this snow globe slash Jenny Slater's wristwatch from his time vault, because Batman, you can't fuck with hyper time the way you're doing it, because apparently everything we're dealing with right now, wondering what the hell does a snow globe have to do with the watch, have to do with hyper time, have to do with flashpoint, it is these items that are connected with Dr. Manhattan energy. I don't under- completely understand the snow globe. It just is what it is, I guess. Maybe there's something from watching that I'm just not remembering, but we have a snow globe, we have a watch, and these Dr. Manhattan-esque powers that have been affected by that character are now sustaining the hyper-time world that Batman has brought back, allowing it to become you know, manifest to bring his father back into reality, or at least give him a reality where he's not dead, and that is what we're dealing with. Everything about Flashpoint right now is just its own pocket dimension that Batman's created because he misses his daddy. Yeah, and I got the snow glove as just a representation of how they are containing elsewhere. Fla- and there's where the Flashpoint universe is in there, and it's kind of hidden. And that's why they had the watch around it to contain it with yes. the Dr. Manhattan deal. And I thought that that was okay. I, I actually, when I read this, when we first went into it, we said at the end of the last issue, well, you got a lot of splaining to do there, Weezy. I mean, there's a lot going on here. I think they do a good enough job. I actually liked it. Yeah, there's some things that I didn't quite grasp, but I'm a dummy. But also the big things of it and the idea of going almost like reverse flashpoint by the end that really all you had to do was be content it almost plays out like the dream worlds of the dark crisis continuing those where you have to accept it because if you don't that they fall in on themselves and you can you know whatever pariah is doing goes to a halt. and i wish that they spelled it out a little more because of thomas wayne remember when he's even in uh i think it was the first bit the infinite frontier yeah. when they went to these different worlds and i forget who it was like Get him out of here. Like, he's an anomaly. He's crazy. He's all that. Like, he is a linchpin of things because he's been all over the place. But in that, basically, this is to continue the stuff that... And this is way more clever and explained. Flashpoint and set up whole new stuff for the DC Universe going forward with what the Time Masters have been doing and with rewriting time and how time itself, as we know it for our normal status quo of DC Comics, is about to be rewritten in places that people don't understand, don't know yet, but they're going to be there eventually. Yeah. And so this is just, you know, going to be a hyper time deal. But what I like about this, when people complain, we don't need to go back to the Flashpoint deal. We don't need to. Yeah, you may not, but you don't have to buy the book. I could go that basic of that. But this is so much better than just Thomas Wayne showing up in Batman's Batman run. 
or Tom oh my King's God, Batman run, of him just showing up with no explanation, never having any idea, and maybe not even realizing I'm that was a dead timeline. Yeah, and We're so when you naked. get this, this explains, this is like I said, something little with Chip Zdarsky saying, is this a good death? But it does end up making... You know, some of the nonsense. Well, how many books do we King have did. to have to go and try to make some of Tom things work? Right? I said it today, earlier today, the idea that you have Tom King, who everybody loves, but you have to have all these series. You know, you end up flash forward with Wally, you end up having a mini series, and even more with Poison Ivy and Harley. All these things always need things to make it work. But by the end of this, yeah, you're jumping through some hoops, and maybe people don't want what we're coming out of it with, but. It's actually pretty cool, and it's I like it. It's such a cool it. idea, though. It goes with the idea of the ego, the freaking, like, uh, the, the what Batman has for himself, thinking about his father. It's going to bring him back, knowing. And I like to think that, like, you know, even though it takes, it feels to me that it takes place before Dark Crisis happens, then Dark Crisis happens, and now this is post-Dark Crisis for how it works out. But I really wish it would have started out post-Dark Crisis, where Batman got this idea for this because of the dream world that Pariah put him in the Justice, because that's what this specifically feels like. Yeah, and maybe you could have even played something of what he learned in there, maybe the devices, things like that. I don't know. But when you go, do you think after this, you think the first thing Batman does is call up Barry and go, yeah, I did it, asshole. And then hangs, uh, hangs up that he's actually made well, it work. Well, that's the thing is, what is he going to say? Because the idea that Barry went back to save his mother it created a flashpoint because of the paradox going on in the timeline because of the greatest, like, you know, Barry's grief creating a world around that became our flashpoint. Even Rip Hunter says, here, look, your daddy inside this ball here, if he doesn't accept this world, it's already shattering. It's already vibrating. Our world is going to be affected. You know what's going to happen now if your father doesn't accept this whole thing and that that little like snow globe world that you've created, this pocket dimension shatters? We're going to have your flashpoint. Nobody needs that shit. Look what happened with Barry Allen. He's a great guy. If a you get your world, Eric? Oh, oh my God, goodness. no. Gonna the get Batman Batman's who laughs. Nightmares. <laughs> the Batman who flashpoints. Yeah, and... This is the thing, though. This is why I like this, and this is another one. This book's a little darker than, say, World's Finest. But again, I'd say so. the, the overall deal, though, keeps being this kind of, and I like this overall feel. It's not the let's get dark as shit because we want. No, this what saves the day at the end of these books now Hope. is suddenly becoming heart and love and family. And because at the end, even though this is dark as shit, at the end, it is that acceptance of, I lost my son, I got accepted. And so where Batman is going and Barry's flashpoint was going and saying, oh, my God, I'm so miserable. I lost my mom. I'm going to do anything to bring her back. Where Bruce's is more of a place of trust and knows that his father will do the right thing. To well, accept. even that, because not only the idea that it's Bruce Wayne's flashpoint, it's also t- like, you know, we are Thomas Wayne's flashpoint as well, because even, you know, bringing martha wayne slash joker back for this series it still feels weird but she's here she survived i'm okay with it i guess ultimately but she is going to become the clockwork killer who's killing all these people who's associated with time travel within our own timeline so that she can go go and create a time sphere herself because psycho pirate told her about the world that existed before this one where bruce wayne lived but the waynes died she wants to go back and save their son with thomas and they're like the idea at the end we have to let this go because it's only cre- going to create a- – we have things here. I originally wanted to burn this place down to the ground. I wanted to go back and change it again just like Barry wanted to change it with his mother. And even Martha Wayne, she wants to change it as well. But ultimately with Dexter there, everything that's been going on since that, even having Martha Wayne back here, even though she's crazy and he's going to try to help her, 
He's going to try to put what he has first instead of trying to think about what he can change to make things better. He's going, he's not living in the past anymore, which even goes back to the which idea. Which is against what, what Barry did. Barry ended up, he couldn't get over exactly, that. Exactly. And that's so why this there. works. That's why I like because it. Because yeah. he didn't go, he chose properly. But it's even a funny thing, the idea of, you know, we'll talk, we talk about it in Dark Crisis, uh, Young Justice all the time, the idea of uh, toxic nostalgia and how like thinking back about these things and not moving forward with your life, it's always going to be a detriment to you. And that's what like Thomas Wayne has to learn. Even when we have a new character by the end whose name is Nostalgia based on the like the Osmondeus uh, cologne of the Watchmen universe. So you even have a little tie in there for the idea of nostalgia being this thing that's going to bother you in the end. Or not bother you, but hinder you in the end. Cleopatra Puck there, Eric. You like that? You like the Cleopatra? But yeah, that's the sort of thing at the end where you set it up. But even then, we wanted to have the Batman and Robin deal with it. And you get it. They're running towards it. It's so cool. And they're setting up this deal. But yeah, they were going to go back and try to make things work. I don't think it would have worked out anyway. No, things are saying, a little it's bit impossible different. It for been it to really work crazy. with the yeah. dimension that they're in right now. Yeah, so this whole acceptance, that's... And plus, it would have rewrote our timeline because it wouldn't have been able to contain that in this pocket dimension. And then there's like, I, I don't even know what would have come about the way that they would have tried to do this, but... It would have been Flashpoint or Bat, bat Point. <laughs> you end up realizing, you know, this is a story about moving forward. It's not the, oh, I can't get, you know, stuff. Now, again, you're talking about an adult who ends up being, where Barry still at feeling like a little kid who misses his mom, his dad's gone. So you end up. Well, Barry's where, a little bit different because he realized that this was done to him, and I like at some point because nowhere in this does it make it seem to me that it's like, oh, that asshole Barry. If he only would have done that, you could have maybe gone down that route of, oh, Barry done fucked up, and went, no, this is Bruce doing this, and it's funny because he really is playing the devil's hand here when oh, he's totally. doing this. Some he can destroy our out. timeline, but he is Batman. He knows what he can do, and he trusts his father to do the right thing to keep this stable and does not screw up the timeline. Even though he, Thomas Wayne himself is not privy to the information that he needs to know, Batman just trusts that he's going to make the right choice to allow this pocket dimension to stay float. I I like that idea. Like you said, that if this was, he just comes back from Dark Crisis, and he's like, you know what? Let's give this a whirl. I just had a hell of a time in that dark crisis. If I'm going to end up it, it, trying it something so like similar. this, let's do it now. Boom. And yeah, you could do that kind of play. The worst there. thing about the series right now, not even the series itself, because the series is fine. The series and how the fans are reacting to it, because people are pish poshing this, the idea of it. But nobody, for some fucking reason, ever wants to bring up this series killed off Reverse Flash. That is just left behind and nobody's talking about it. Like, that was the biggest thing about this series yeah, we'll in my mind, except for where we're going to be going forward with the DC comics and how this affects it, but nobody's talking about Reverse Flash. The actual Reverse Flash finally being dead, dead. And wherever this plays and where this falls in the timeline, but you, you could have this deal of the you know, the multiverse all the time in the, the Dark Crisis, that might reset some things as and well. The thing and, is, and I get say that to too, but like Maybe you can play, but just the idea, the Time Masters themselves knowing that a paradox has been killed and it's not Flash, it's not Thomas Wayne, so it's Eobar Thawne, the actual paradox we've been dealing with well before Flashpoint, but he's died so many times. But how does a Flash, how does a reverse Flash wind up in the pocket dimension that he helped create? I just don't know how he got there in order to die an, an actual proper death, but that seemed to be a critical point that the Time Masters were talking about. Yeah, even when I like when the Time Masters are around talking shit on each other. <laughs> and like yelling about stuff. I like to wear Corky, who has kind of been there, like, hey, there, Batmans. But then he ends up that raccoon hat's a real raccoon. Get him he throws it off. I'm like, oh, my God. 
Uh, that was fun. Put the raccoon away. Had a away, lot of little Courtney. fun moments in the steel, but I really, I even, I had fun. It's not supposed to be exactly a laugh riot, but I, I had a lot of fun with Batman and Rip Hunter going back and forth at each other and yelling at each other. There was a funny play at the beginning when Batman says, and I know that it's not supposed to be a joke like it because Batman and Clark are good friends, but I love when Batman says Rip Hunter calls everybody by their first names. And I know Clark would hate that. I'm like, are you making a joke? Like, you do it as well. Like, you're a Papa says too, but they are friends. But I did like that back and forth where you play out Rip Hunter as an asshole. I mean, but they kind of are. He, he explains he it. Batman explains everything. it well. And Batman explains it well. They think they're so highfalutin because they know everything about everything and they know you there or whatever. That's something that You're is You're mad tough. because they are more than you and everybody sees yeah. you the same way, Bruce. Well, not everybody can be a Matt Smith when they're a, a, a gem. Like, that sort of thing would make you kind of a little highfalutin. Somebody comes and talks shit and you're like, yeah, I'll tell you what happens to you today. So now you ask. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, but they also are a bunch of, you know, people. They have one job and Batman's fucking with it and they're mad. And in the end, yeah, Batman ends up making it work, but he doesn't make it work. That's the other thing to point out is this isn't Batman saving the day because he's a bad guy. This is Batman who has trust in He's putting in his Thomas, faith in other people. And he usually doesn't do that, but he's doing it fully, like more than we probably have Everything ever seen. Is like this all hinges on his faith in someone else. It could destroy the universe and he allows it to happen. And he proves himself that he is the pompous ass because he knew it would work. Yeah, and at the end he could say, well, I'll, I'll told you so. <laughs> That's how he is. But in that, you have this play of him just having to, you don't get stories a lot like that. And I think that the way that, you know, Jeremy Adams, Tim Sheridan, and Jeff Johns getting the story, whoever's writing the script, they did a great job. And I think that some of the things, maybe my biggest complaint, they could have maybe first explained some things maybe a little more, but also there wasn't an emphasis. It was very subtle, some of the things. And I think it, it could have stood to be a little less subtle about what's going on and how it goes forward, because I saw some people talking about stuff that I thought, oh, this is like right on the nose. It's right there. And they didn't quite get it. Didn't quite get what happened here. How Thomas Wayne, you know, saved the flight. That's the big point. And it just seems like it was told in a natural kind of way. And you go forward with it. But I, I really liked it. I like everything to do with Batman and the Time Masters. Everything to do with the Flashpoint stuff going on with Batman, Dexter, Gl- Gl- uh, Gilda, and, and jo- Martha Wayne Joker. I love all that stuff. But what I don't love is the continuation of how we're going to go stuff, because in the background, we have the Kryptonians coming to Earth to invade Earth and take over. Jarrell's there front and center to come. Because, you know, Superman was sent there all Dragon Ball style to try to take over the world. And now Subject Zero Superman, or Subject One Superman, has to put a Justice League together to try to stop the Kryptonians, while Batman and his new Robin have to do the same. I really don't like the idea of Kryptonian invasions. I've ne- I never like when you bring in other Kryptonians, even the Kandorians. Leave them in the bottle because every time they come out, bad shit happens. Oh, yeah, they're I hate, I don't, I'm saying I hate, but I really don't like that aspect because it's in the background and it's setting things up for what we can go back to Flashpoint later, but it's not a story I'm really invested in or even want to see. I love everything else about this, though, but I'm just like, goddamn Kryptonians doing stuff. It is funny Earth. because you're continuing that Flashpoint deal, and I, I don't really have any concern. And you're right. Just like you, the Kandorians hit the bottle. Assholes, Eric. That's what happens all the time. But when you have the redemption of Martha Wayne, who, like, you know, Batman, Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne, Thomas Wayne is there for her. 
where she wants to have the wants to be together, where they adopt Dexter Dent, even though they kill Gilder right in front of him because she's gonna kill Dexter and wants to burn the world down just like Joker once did. But she is now, I'm telling you, this weird flashpoint nuclear family that oh, we have going weird. on here. With, you know, Oswald Cobblepot being the Alfred of this world. You have Thomas Wayne Batman, Dexter Dent Robin. And these are the dynamic duo. While you have Martha Wayne, who is still now a recovering Joker, in a glass box inside the Batcave, telling her, like, oh, dear, you're going to have to get him a pair of boots. His, you know, his shoelace is untied again. And have fun, boys. Make sure you go do this. And and even the idea, like, I like all that. But even when she says, do you need kryptonite, dear? I know a guy. I know you don't like... They shouldn't really know about kryptonite in my mind for no. where we are with but the Kryptonian slash Superman. Yeah. She is crazy, but she is on her way to recovery where you have this weird family yes. dynamic that, you know what? I kind of love. I like it too. It's funny because she's in this like, you know, woman in a glass jar yeah. here, even like, and it makes me think of the outfits, you know, the, the uniforms in the tubes. I wish she was just in the tube. She's like, I can't move in here. I'm in the tube. But I, I did like that. I like that she's on the recovery. I like where Dexter's like, Hey, are we going to tell anybody about this there, Daddy? No, we're not going to tell anybody about it. But it is a fun little dynamic. It really is. And I like the idea that through this, if you've been reading all of it, Oswald was begging Thomas, begging him. Do the right him, thing for that boy, Thomas. Do the Thomas. right thing for Dexter. He, he needs you. Don't let this happen. Don't let. And that finally got to Thomas. And remember, the, the play with it was do How something for it? Dexter. No, it won't matter. Nothing matters. This is but all now that it won't this matter. matters, and this is all that matters. Yeah, he realizes, oh, my God, you know, this is what matters. Why are we trying to bring back the past? And it's a funny play in a book that's about the Flashpoint universe, because one of the biggest deals is why are we bringing back the past? So it's it's such a fun little back and forth with it. And I thought it was very well done throughout. I don't think that this was something where, me and you never rolled our eyes or said that because you had Thomas Wayne who ends up getting zapped. Yeah, however, he gets back here. But it wasn't just it just didn't feel like full out 100 percent. Oh, they want to bring back. But because they can do that anyway. Tom King did it without any sort of work at all. No, And so having this, it's making more sense. And you go off to, you know, having a Star Girl book, a JSA book, and then probably continuing some stuff in this as well. well even so. the idea going forward with everything we're going to have with Jeff Johns' Golden Age and any kind of book that's going to come out of that, including us, hopefully a Star Girl as well, because the last thing we saw was Star Girl and Emiko Queen, t- uh, t- Red Arrow, teaming up, which I love that dynamic of that. But when Rip and Corky are going back to the time lab and talking about the idea, the time capsules have failed. We have to worry about the 13. They've all been pulled back into history. These people that the Time Masters have plucked out of history, out of any kind of continuity, are now freed and just been jammed right back in. And the ramifications of what that's going to be, I can't wait to see because you're going to have characters like the Golden Age Mr. Miracle, the Golden Age Legionnaire, the Golden Age Aquaman, Betsy Ross, Molly Pitcher, Ladybug, Salem the Witch Girl, which I look forward to because I want to know about that character, mm-hmm. Quiz Cherry Kid, the, uh, Cherry Bomb as well, the Harlequin's son, John Henry Jr., who just looks like, you know, Steel from the New Frontiers, like, you know, book. The Golden Age Red Lantern, what the hell does that mean? Because I can't wait to find out. And Judy fucking Garrick, who we can finally get to the mystery about the child minder and what happened to Jay and Judy, uh, Judy, no, uh, Joan and Jay's daughter, Judy. What happened to her? She's back in the timeline now. I can't wait to find out. It's just such a weird idea that you're doing all this, though, because we have all these things that are setting up. Because even, you know, being time masters, they know what's to come. They know what to expect. All of that's great, but 
it's such a weird idea when like, hey, should we do something about Batman? No, he's got enough to worry about, you know, with his mother's family coming, you know, I'm like, what are the Canes got to be doing with shit? I don't know. They're always sus. But eh, the thing that really had everybody on Twitter flipping their lid because why can't you just leave Watchmen alone? We have <laughs> Jeff Johns and the crew playing again with the idea of the Watchmen universe where you have a new character, Cleopatra Pack, the nostalgia with her Babasis, you know, tiger you know, creature that she has right there. And the idea that somehow she's going to go and find the Watchman. Yeah, the Watchman. And uh, is that Greg Pak's daughter? I don't know, Eric. He's actually in uh, the Lazarus plan. We haven't had him uh, writing anything for DC in quite some time. Yeah. It just reminded me. But you end up here where I like it, where you could sit there and go, what? Like, cherry bomb. I've never heard that. Well, the play here is, is that they've been plucked out of time. Yeah, these are new characters for the most and part. And now when they're going back, time's rebuilding around them. So that's why I can't why wait to see it. I want to so see a Golden we'll Age Red Lantern and what that means to a Alan Scott when he's not like, you know, associated with the emotional spectrum to that degree or the Green Lantern Corps, the Red Lantern Corps and how that all works. I want to know what a Red Lantern looks like, how it works. Is it going to be along the lines of what we saw in the New 52 Earth 2 Red Lantern? Something more along the, like the Kim to life forces and along those things. I can't wait to see Alan Scott go up against this and see how it's reworked. Even the idea, like I say, everything that's old is new again, where we can take these old concepts and stories, these timelines, and repackage them for a new audience while we tweak things here and there for a contemporary feel. Mm -hmm. And even these names, a lot of them feel very golden age to go to those golden see age. Witch Girl too. So, yeah, uh, overall, I thought this was really well and done. And I want to see John Henry Jr., how that's going to tie yeah. into Steel and stuff like that. Or and if it how is does that more work, of a then? golden age feel to like the idea, because the character put like Steel that we had, because I saw... There's a variant cover, and I wish I could tell you which book it is. I have no idea. Maybe it's a variant cover to this book itself, Flashpoint number six. But you see all of these new characters, really? the 13, I'm stuff have like to look that. that up because yeah, I'm look it up because you could see all of them. And like front and center, like not center, a little bit above is Star Girl and Red Arrow and Echo Queen, kind of like you know leading them into this new timeline. So you see all of these characters there, and John Henry Jr. looks like the steel from New Frontier to a well, degree. You, you know what I like about this, and it's something that drives you nuts. Like this is a overall curated jeff john's book usually these things will end with well in the year 2058 we're gonna have the hot dog crisis and we're gonna, this feels like while well, people are upset oh we just went through this just to be told that this there's is something more you stuff. could actually look forward to and and this is where i mean me and you and you yell at me a lot about certain things right you know things. my hygiene <laughs> my height i can't do anything about it my pizza face but I sent you pictures of the pizza face. You like that? It'd be handsome if it wasn't for all that pepperoni. Those were horrific looking, weren't they? Yeah. So you end up where they're yelling, but doesn't every book, like that's serial storytelling. And so by the end of this, I think that we got a really good story here. Things are put into place, but boy, I'm excited to see these things. And because these are going to continue, I'm more excited than say an ending, you know, a, a freaking animal house ending. Well, Rip Hunter went away, and we never saw Animal him again, sentence. and then they went to that, and then we had this crisis and that crisis. I don't need that. This actually makes me excited, especially the way things are playing out, and this feeling to me and you at one point almost like an event. You know, we thought at this point this was our event, we said, and it still yeah. can be. We could still consider it that. And what happens at the end of events? You set up a new status quo. You set up books, and that's what we're doing here. We have that new kind of line by... Jeff Johnson, I'm really excited about it. And I have to point out again, a lot of people were really down on Tim Sheridan. He's involved in this. Sure is. And people, oh man, you know, that Titans Academy. Yeah. 
it was garbage. He would tell you it was pretty much garbage. He would tell you in the dialogue he would write and make fun of his own story. Yeah, I mean, I have talked to him, and he wasn't too pleased with how it came out either. So this, to me, is almost a redemption for him, as well as Thomas Wayne. All the writers are killing it on this. Yeah, and Jeremy Adams, we really like. But this is a deal where, yes, it's a Jeff Johns story. It feels like it. You can tell that. Well, also, Jeff Johns has been setting this stuff up for a while now he before has, this. But I don't feel like we we were a little worried. We wanted this Jeff Johns story. We're Jeff Johns fans, and we were worried, okay, well, he's not going to be writing the scripts. You're going to end up not having that level. I, I think that this was really good the whole time. Yes, it was confusing at points, but you have to give credit where credit's due. It tied up pretty well. And I saw people, and don't we want stories? A lot of people's big complaints of a lot of these writers now at DC, they start off pretty cool, and then you end in a shit show. Everything falls. It thuds. This got better as it went on. And even people who didn't like it at first who were against that whole Flashpoint, a lot of people ditched because of the Flashpoint sure. deal. But some of the people who were, oh, I don't need to. Finally, like, issue three foot. That, huh, you know what? And they start kind of getting into it. And I, I like that. I like ending in at a good place. And that doesn't happen a ton. I This is where, this is what we're hoping Dark Crisis has happened because we're meandering there. I hope that that hits at the end. We want to have every story like that. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think I'm going to give this a 8.3 out of 10. I think the art's really great throughout and stuff like that. I had a lot of fun with the stories, but with the background stuff, the Kryptonian, knowing that like the Flashpoint universe is going to continue in its own pocket dimension, I like that. But where we're going with that, it really bothers me because it could be good, but I just don't like the idea of that story. The Time Master stuff's great because I can't wait to see how the timeline is altered to bring these new and interesting characters into the frame. But even when you have the Watchmen stuff at the end, I think it was a little bit too much for what we're dealing with right now because it felt so out of place for what we're currently dealing with. People were up, but why can't you leave Watchmen alone? Like, well, that's, it's a story out there for the right for the picking. It's a continuation of stuff that we have set up out there. It's like, why don't you leave the killing joke alone? Because people really liked it. And we can continue on with that story, which made Oracle into a more popular character than Batgirl. That's why we continue on, because we can do really good stuff with the stories that DC Comics owns. Why not play with it? I like all that. So I'm 8.3 out of 10, but it's mostly because of some of the aspects of it where some of it got a little heavy in the how its explanation was, and the background Kryptonian stuff I could do without, and even the Watchmen stuff, which I don't mind, didn't need to be here right now. No. Well, again, you say that, and we had the first book, World's Finest, in this section where, you know, we're going back, we're playing kind of deal. Do we need that? Do we need a re? Uh, then we get to the Batman the Night, the retelling. There is a point where some people might be saying, do we need that? Do we need that? But while we're doing it, we liked all three of these books. So, we don't need them. I can't wait I'm to see how the continuity works with the Golden Age Aquaman. Yeah, how they're gonna I, yeah write that's that. what I want to see, too. And I'm with you. And, Lantern, obviously. and I don't really care about the Flashpoint timeline now universe hypertime deal. I really don't. Thomas Wayne has saved and had a redemption. That's all I care about. Yeah, at this I, point. I'm not like I'm not sitting here and I'm going to tell you, oh, man, when they Bruce have Kryptonian it. invasion, number one, I'm going to be that excited about it. We'll see how it would go. The, yeah, hopefully it turns out the well. stuff at the end. That seems cool, but I, I'm never really into the Watchmen stuff anyway. Well, even the Doomsday Clock. You were there for DC Comics. All the stuff I with the Watchmen. You, you didn't want any part of it. I explained it. I already read Watchmen and loved it when I read it, and I'm done with it. So when you get to that, but that's the fun of it. I don't have – we'll probably deal with it. That's the unfun of it. But if you're doing this, you, you don't have to buy all the books that come out. But, boy, I'm looking forward to the stuff with these new characters, the 13 – 
what's going on with those in this golden age story. I really want to see what that's all about and see how that's explained because those, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, fully written by Jeff Johns, which we love Jeff Johns as a writer. So I think that that will be fun and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not mad at the end because I got a complete story here of just, hey, let's make this work and let's go forward. And so I'm going to give it an 8.5. There's a joke here that I think I might have missed, but I'm not sure just because I don't remember the story very well. But back in, like, I think it was 1993 when they had the, the bloodline story that brought oh, yeah, all the yeah, freaking yeah. stuff. Yep. They have a s- situation he here because of this. It. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, was it the idea that Corky wasn't in Because that's funny as hell, but I just don't remember off the top of my head how the Time Master's working. Because you have the idea here, the Time Masters are any place they want to be at any time because they're outside of time itself because they are the masters of it to make sure that everything takes place. So with the idea that Corky went off to go confront Batman, his sister Bonnie's are like, look, you ran off to confront Bruce. You know what? I'm going to, you're grounded for the next, for the during bloodlines. I'm like, that's that's kind of funny why yeah. he didn't be in yeah, bloodlines, but I didn't funny. remember it. A lot of the stuff had little wink winks and stuff like that. So, uh, I could even guess, and I, I'm looking now, I believe there's a possibility that he committed suicide before there. That's a dark joke, Eric. That, that oh, might have been a real dark joke. <laughs> that idea, Jeez. I think that might be what it was. But we'll see. Uh, I'll even look it up uh, because it looks like old Corky ended up dying in Well, I thought that Corky grew older, though. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. He, did. he killed well, again, himself. Yeah. At that point in time, you know, it's a time master, so they can go around and grow up and be at any time they need to be. Corky was a rebel in many ways, Eric, and often sure caused was. trouble Coons for Rip Hunter count. and his team. He once traveled back to the prehistoric era without permission and almost killed by dinosaurs. This incident made it impossible for Rip to use him to travel through time again, and because of this, he felt useless on the team and ultimately committed suicide by hanging himself in Time Masters number 7 in August of 1990. So that might have been a dark joke. Oh, my goodness. They go, I hope not. But again, Time Masters and things like that, you always can play around with stuff, but still. Yeah, I remember when we first started. Let's do another another bloodlines because we had that revamp of it in New Fifty Two. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was one of the things that uh, the Ken Merriam was doing the art oh, yeah. on that we actually really enjoyed this more than it seemed great. other people. Yeah, we we actually liked that. Mio and Reggie had some fun doing that. So all in all, though, I thought that was a banger of a section. So did Bang. Jenny. I don't know if Manship did. I think he's dead. I don't know. Fine. Somebody could do a, a wellness check on that guy. Somebody send him over there. I don't mean go swat him either. I, I don't know if people thought that I was given that little hint, hint. I didn't mean that. That's bad. But we're <laughs> going to go off now to some uh, more books. We end up having three more books in this next section that we'll see if Eric can keep the fun going. The Hopefully. stick in the mud, Eric, might be able to keep the fun going. Kind of the theme for this week. We'll be back in a second with that. Shout in the head, and now he's in pain. You just messed up Dick's brain. Care 
And we are back, Eric. And I never thought we'd be able to play that song Seriously, again. It's a really Holy good feeling to be able to bring that back around me. Dick's brain. <laughs> it was so funny that I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, I'm going to have to put the boys who are bad on hold for <laughs> one week and give Eric a little bit of Rick Grayson style here because we're going to start with Nightwing. And there's a surprise at the end, something that is a weird play when we get to it. I mean, it's Rick Grayson. I'll just tell you right now. Oh, my. Yeah, so my goodness, spoilers. Uh, but in that, it's something that everybody hated. Me and you reviewed you every single the issue. Squad. Yeah, and we had the Nightwing Squad. We tried to be positive. Red, Nightwing with it. Red, Nightwing Blue, Nightwing Gold, and, you know, Cabby. Yeah, and Cabby. Cabby <laughs> with this grease paint. So me and you, we talked about the whole deal. It drove us nuts at points, but there were some things that we actually enjoyed. But we were glad once that was over. You know, remember you get, when Dr. I, Jonathan Crane was just Dr. Jonathan Crane and was Nightwing's therapist? Yes, I do remember <laughs> but that. But Nightwing didn't remember because he didn't have – he had the amnesias. It, yes, he did. And I'm hoping maybe, you know, we go and you get in that cab at the end and B is in there, right? We forgot about her. You have Hutch. All those I did forget that, about B. Yeah, we liked her. Pretty sassy, right? I, I would say she is. She broke her She's heart. sassy. Yes, uh, he did. And – so with all that, I don't Rick. think that would be how uncomfortable would that be? And then again, Rick just shows up. So the big play when we get to that, we'll be discussing, you know, what the heck is going on. Um, but it's a weird play because a lot of people hated it. But I saw a lot of positivity coming out of seeing him again. Well, I'm now telling you, it's this really awesome idea where you have this really lackluster story, but an amazing cliffhanger, which actually saves the entire book because it's something that you never expected. And it's a jaw dropping wow moment. I'm like, you did it. The funny play is <laughs> I told you about cool. this. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Like if you went through that period uh, of Rick Grayson and then you get back, it's almost like seeing. You know, uh, not exactly your best friend, but kind of the uh, guy who went through the war with you. It wasn't his fault how the story went and all that. So when you see it, I actually got like a warm feeling for Rick. Now, I don't want Rick Grayson back fully. No, no. But when you see him, you kind of like, you know what? We had some times together, old boy. Yes, we did. <laughs> you know, we did. Uh, but again, it starts to bring up other things like B and Hutch, a lot of the things that we actually did alike. Poor Zach is still in the hospital, probably. Yeah, I'm telling you, right now, Zach is probably like, what's going on? Tripped and fell and bashed open his head. He's back in the hospital. His sister's like, I'll he's never Nordberg. be able to get away from you. He's the Nordberg of Nightwings. He is the Nordberg. He's, <laughs> he's crazy, that dude. But yeah, so in this, it was funny because we got down the spotlight and I said to you, hey, you want me to tell you the spoiler? Yeah, you're like, yeah, what the heck? And I told you, I'm like, Rick Grayson. Get out of town. And I said, and you started laughing. And you're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That's the best thing I've ever heard. I did say in my uh, review that it did save, like you said, it did save the issue. Because the big problem here is that this book continues to not really want to tell a story. I don't know if it's the idea what of let's about, get Jim? to Last issue, issue We had Heartless go and kill the big bad of this book, Blockbuster, take his big fat heart and walk away. Obviously, we're going to pick back up where that left off with Heartless being the main antagonist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a mention of him. I said even when we were talking about last issue, I wonder if they're going to make that play. I know that, you know, a guy with a heart taken out, I don't know how much this has gotten around. 
how many people know about this heartless deal, but I'm saying the cops do. Yeah, yeah, but they're all corrupt. But even then, I thought maybe they might try to maybe play that deal. Well, Nightwing must have done it. Dick Grayson must have done it because, you know, it's convenient. Who had beef with Blockbuster? Obviously, Dick Grayson ripped his freaking giant heart out of his chest with his bare hands, just like a Dick Grayson would. They may end up trying to pull the deal of. (laughs) Maybe that's the, the play. Try to blame it on the heart. We no don't, we've no never really seen Nightwing is going to be ripping people's hearts out, though. Well, I mean, Dick Grayson, though, they might end up saying possibly. He's one of them they, they, vampires. In that, what I thought was, I thought we were going to see a little more corruption. The idea, and you kind of get the more corruption of even though Blockbuster's down, people will fill in the thing. I just thought even if it was Maroney here or whoever it would be. They would step up and start saying, oh, it must have been him, no, you know, and the they're idea like, no, it doesn't the, make sense. The corruption know? that's already still, you know, that's still in Bloodhaven, now that Blockbuster is gone, RIP Blockbuster. But the idea is, I don't even know if it's someone's going to fill the gaps. Obviously, someone's going to fill the gaps and try to pick up the pieces of power because everybody's always going to do that in an element of crime. But right now, it just seems like Blockbuster on his way out, he had a burn it to the ground like situation set up where everything that he ever did with anybody, anything that anybody ever did, he put in a freaking Excel file, and like now the police have it, and they have the information. I mean, now we need Boss Maroney to testify that these people did these things, that he did this, just to try to indict everybody that was on the take with Blockbuster. Because Blockbuster's put a burn it down protocols is screwing everybody. So now we got to scramble and try to kill anybody that can testify against us. It's not even a move for power; it's a move to save our own asses. Yeah. Now with that, the way that Tom Taylor plays this book, there's a lot of things that end up being fan service stuff, and Classic feeling. So I really like think banging your girlfriend back, girl. Like banging her, and also maybe finding out that oh my god, there's a power vacuum, and Tony Zuko comes back into town. That's all I'm saying. That's what's going to happen. But isn't 100%. he in Chicago? And well, he'll go from Chicago. I mean, these guys will end up finding out Blockbuster's done. Well, I'm heading over there, and I'm going to fill in that spot. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, in this, when we get to the ending. There is information out there of how this Rick Grayson is going on. You know, I, I went back and forth. We might tell you what it is, but, but we probably won't, right, Eric? Because when we get to that, I, it's I'm a not whole situation of one of those situations because you want to, like, you know, I'm invested in this because of the cliffhanger, solely because of the cliffhanger. I need to know what's next. But I don't want anybody who doesn't like me, doesn't go ahead and read solicit <laughs> and stuff like that to spoil it's it not, for them. It's because so weird because it was a solicit. It was exactly. also. Three tweets from the creators. It was also a press release that was a release from DC itself. Look, then maybe we will talk about it. I just hate it when we have a situation in podcasts and other media where like, okay, spoilers, guys. If you don't want to be spoiled, skip to five minutes ahead. I hate that. No, I don't want to do it. I hate it, too. What I wanted to do, though, and I wanted to make sure I did it. I do want to talk about it, though. <laughs> I know, because you know. I, I ended up telling you because of all these things. It's out there. What I'm telling you is also as a reverse deal. If you don't want to know, don't look at next. Don't look at anything of the next issue. Don't look at the cover. Right. Don't look that at the good. solicit. Don't start searching around, but uh, and avoid some people because there is. It was out there. It was out I there. I checked August. all the boxes. I'll never do these things. People pretty much were Except going on and on about it. I completely forgot about it until today. I had never heard one thing about it until you told me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, things about it going on. And, and there's even like a weird play. I, it, I'll just tell you one thing that's not a spoiler. 
the next issue is not going to be uh, Bruno Redondo art, which kind of is a shame. It's, it's a different artist. We've had an artist, that, artist before that worked out really well to continue on the style and flavor this of this is book. Somebody that we've already had on the uh, Son of Kal-El and you didn't like the art. Aww. Somebody that it's somebody that works with. It's not a normal DC. It's somebody who works with Tom Taylor on his uh, Seven Secrets book, the, his indie book. So oh, we'll there's six of them. There. Yeah, I know. The the one is that I hate you, but that's not really a secret. No, so now we have that. eight secrets, right? I know, does that work that way? But we're going to start it's with Nightwing. 97. Uh, just get these, uh, what's it called, credits out of the way, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo, Geraldo Borges. Did you know there were two artists on this book, Eric? I did not. K.O. Uh, Felipe. Say it different each time. Adriana Lucas and Wes Abbott. Yeah, Geraldo uh, Borges does a good job. And we usually get that when we have people fill in for the art duties on this book. It usually, like, I, I'm more like uh, learned people will be able to look at it and be like, you know what? I can obviously tell the difference. I can't. I'm just going on like, boy, I like this art. Yeah, it is good. But uh, I think Borges, he is the, the usual. He's the usual fill-in artist, so that is the deal. This is somebody that is, you know, next month? Uh, Tom Taylor just doing his thing and wanting to have his little buddy uh, doing stuff. His little, hey, little buddy. buddy, I say. I don't know if it's Gilligan, but the whole idea of this, like you said, it starts off. Maroney, I do like that he's there and he's, you know, drinking his martini. He's an insufferable twat. <laughs> he's such a jerk. Because he thinks it's untouchable, obviously. Hey, yo, I'm the big boss Marody over here. He doesn't have a tablet. He doesn't watch the news because I think this would be out there. But, yeah, he's like, Just you can't like touch me. me. He says, I'll be out tomorrow and you'll be in a ditch or maybe the harbor. I got guys. And they're like, no, no, no. You're in big trouble. I'm going to kill like, you. What? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill his family. You can't touch me. I'm the boss Marody's. You don't know, Maroney. Blockbuster's dead. Everybody's going to be gunning for you because I'm going to let it know that we have his Excel spreadsheet that labels everybody, and they know that you're in custody here and that you're going to talk because everybody knows your ass is going to try to save yourself, so everybody's going to be gunning for you, so you better turn state's evidence and work with us. Yeah, because Maroney just says you're not the law blockbuster, as they say he's dead. I'm the law. Bloodhaven is right next to Gotham City. I've always understood this aspect. They of say it, a I don't half know hour who... away driving. Exactly. So half it's an hour very away close. driving. That's why Nightwing's always able to get to Gotham when Batman needs him or vice versa. But when you have Captain Maggie Sawyer, the new commissioner of Bloodhaven, bringing in Turpin along for the ride for some reason, resurrecting that character, she is the like she should be the main chick in charge right now. She should be all knowing, oh, all powerful. Sounds like bad the way you said that. The main chick in charge. The main chick right. in charge. All, uh. all knowing, all powerful police commissioner Bloodhaven. The idea that she says, "Okay, yeah, we can't do shit here because you know Bloodhaven." So we got Renee Montoya coming over because she's in every book where we need a little help. And just the idea. Okay, it just seems like Renee Montoya is specifically here to say, I'm going to make sure we can get you back to Gotham where we can keep you safe because villains don't die in Gotham. It just felt really forced us to it get us to like another just situation. For that line. I, I, it felt like a line to say, that's why the Joker's always alive. Not really. A lot of this book feels like it's just for the line. Like It was a funny idea that Tom Taylor had that he wanted to go with because you had the idea, like you just said. The Joker's still alive. Obviously, Bill and Stone die in Gotham. And even when we have the idea that Nightwing has to go with the Vic- You have exactly. that from Babs. And it's just one page, and it feels so out of place because it doesn't do anything. It's supposed to be funny, and it's kind of cringy. I said in my review, this book is set up for one-liners, and to extend the story, you have Maroney, and he's going to turn state's evidence. That's all you have here. That's all you have. 
So then you have to say, well, we have to get them to Gotham. Well, that'll take three pages. Oh, wait a minute. You end up having a truck come and hit them. So then Nightwing uh-huh. and Babs have to, there's three more pages. <laughs> then they're going to make sweet ghost love. Truck. There's three more. <laughs> this ghost. That is a ghost truck because the way that it hits that barrier and the cars are going, there's no way that it's going to double back and hit uh, these yeah, cars. It was so weird. Works like yeah, this. the physics were really off on that. I'll but go with Adele. Like you say, oh, it's fine. But again, that was just to extend it some more pages. It really felt like a stretched out issue because I do think at this point, the story hasn't been going on. You know, I mean, it's been going on, but it hasn't really been hitting the heartless stuff. They don't want to get something big started before that hundred. Now you always have that feel. So I think it's one of those Well, we have to get to a hundred. Then we'll go. This heartless shit has been hanging around. Since, Since day the one. beginning of the Tom Taylor run a year or so ago, and it never every time Heartless comes back, you almost have to recap stuff. You almost have to reintroduce things. Hey, who's that there robot man? You you and me both even said before, why every time does he come back that his MO certainly it changes? You almost have the idea, well, you have to be liked to get that kind of went away. Then it's like, well, you're the heart of the city. Then I'll go, ah, oh, that kind of went away. Nobody loves you anymore. I can take your heart from yeah, my collection. Yeah, it was such a weird play where it, it is changing along the way. It's meandering. And I do think at this point, we will try to get to 100. Then maybe something happens. But nothing's happened. It's the one thing that even people who love the book will admit that the idea it is not really progressing a story at all. They're here for the character moments. Maybe they're here for some of the things. And, and we like those, and, too. And you know, Superman said a kill. I was playing it the same way. Yeah, it is. This is Tom Taylor. Well, again, what happened? In, and people seem to like, oh, my God, that Suicide Squad book was so great. Well, it got canceled. He says it was. We had 11 we issues. know it was. We had 11 issues. And by the end, did we get to all the revolutionaries? You know, the deadly six. Yeah. No, we didn't. We ended up because he was was meandering about. And now with that, wink, wink, me and you knowing what's coming next issue and how all this stuff doesn't seem like it's going to progress the plot, though, does it? It seems like another. Yeah, no, it seems like this will be a let's have. I think that it is, you know, treading water until we get to the big 100, which is in, I believe, like we have to wait till January. So you end up, boy, yeah, this right is the tough. This is tough, though. Happy New Year, Jim. Yeah, Happy New Year. See you next year. So in that, you know, Maroney, he's going to get escorted to Gotham. But let's we know talk about the idea of so escorting to Gotham because the the armored car that is escorting him to Gotham, it's only a 27-minute you know, drive if you get hit good traffic. It's it's taken off the road by a semi truck. We have it all these bad traffic. I mean, exactly. literally, it does. And the thing is, no, good traffic hits it. Yeah, we that's have, true. We have a gunfight going on where Nightwing and Babs show up to come and save the day because we're going to take Maroney away because all he wants Maroney. So, we, like, you know, Renee Montoya, she doesn't have to worry about getting shot in the process because nobody cares about her ass except for she had to be here for whatever reason. Now, we, we're escorting him to Gotham for whatever reason. Renee Montoya is, all right, I'll be back and I'll see you in three days. So now we're extending even further because while we're just taking a half an hour trip to Gotham, now we have to wait three more days. In a secret Batman safe house in the woods in between Bloodhaven and Gotham, I'm just sitting here. Is this part of Slaughter Swamp? Is Solomon Grundy here? Is something going to happen? No, it's just a safe house to keep Maroney safe. And so we're going to tranquilize him so Babs and Nightwing can bang. And I know that Nightwing's a Chad because later on the the next morning, actually, it's like, I heard everything. Your tranquilizer only lasts three hours. I'm like, there's no way in God, there's no way in hell (laughs) that Nightwing didn't know how long his tranquilizer. He wanted Maroney to hear it. 
Yeah, he wanted him to hear it, but again, the that's stick. the joke of they were making sweet love for over three hours, Eric. Look at that guy. He can't do anything wrong. Oh, my God. Dick nah, I'm Grayson you, it's, it's and It's 85% D. foreplay. Yeah, maybe. He just munches for like two Actually, hours. you look and they go up and they're having pillow fights, jumping on the bed and squeaking and all that. But so again, awesome. that's just there for it. Now, in that, it's it's a weird play. And this is the kind of thing that Tom Taylor will do a lot. Like, first off, what did those guys do when they woke up from being knocked out? I mean, did they go looking for where Dick Grayson ran off? Did they go or they hey, lost? Yo, I think he ran to the woods between Bloodhaven and Gotham. You know that's miles long. Yeah, but we've got to <laughs> search it. We've got to search. But it, it ends up where Dick says, hey, this miles of forest between people go. And it reminds me of that forest in Japan where people go off to kill themselves. Forest? Yeah. And yeah, they're like. People go in, they don't comes out. And I'm like, okay, why? Is it I'm guessing you know, it's sort of swamp. swamp or is it they say it's just so dense, but that's kind of crazy. I just want to know we have three freaking safe houses, like safe fortresses that Batman has built within these woods, within the woods, and nobody knows about them. I'm no, like, nobody knows hey, about them. I don't care if people go missing here. People are hiking this shit. Yeah, I, I think you go in and people have turned into hostels. But in that, the thing that kind of gets me is, and I know that Nightwing doesn't want to overstep his bounds or whatever, but you have Maroney. He has to be put. Why didn't you just tell them about these? I know that it might have been like, oh, I didn't think of it before. And now we're in the woods. But these places that you're talking about could have maybe been the best place to take them and hide them for a while. In fact, when they're going to do that, Renee Montoya just says, have them stay the weekend. I'll see you on Monday. I'm clocking out. I'm going home and talk to you then. He could have just had it start. But again, everything is a setup to extend stuff. Exactly. But more than anything, I wanted to race against the clock to try to get to Gotham before Nightwing and Batgirl got got with Maroney on the side with, you know, bat cycles and whatnot. I wanted this team after team wave that our heroes had to overcome to get into the destination. Instead, we just hid in the woods and we're going to do it for three days. I actually was thinking of maybe like a midnight run type of situation where yeah. we get a little bit of Maroney. And his craziness with well, that, Dick. Like, just imagine that whole thing. Like, yeah, totally midnight run, but you know, like your your motorcycle gets messed up, and now you're hitchhiking or going. You have to do all these crazy things to do planes, trains, and automobiles. But oh, and midnight I want run. them to actually. You'd get some character work out of Marone. We don't yeah. normally get the character work out of these guys because they're just there to say, "Hey, hey look yo, at me, I'm Marone. Hey, do this. I'm a puppet's ass." But it would be funny where there's I like Marone. Oh, you were like he doesn't know he's Dick Grayson, but still, you're like. You just bitching about him talking about, you know, back in the day. I don't know. It would have been kind of fun, but they just take him now. You also have this play of there's no roads, almost like there's no possible. Well, we're going. We don't need roads, Jim. Well, I know that these are motorcycles, but there's something that you can ride on. I know the play is that it just seems like that cab just materializes. But exactly. the idea of them riding, they have a bunch of extra bikes there. You have the I, I just. It just everything just felt like it didn't matter what you were reading. It was just, hey, we're going to get these moments. Sweet love making jokes like yeah, Barbara, that joke. It was kind of funny, but it didn't Did seem like Barbara. And like you stole my heart. Yeah. She says to Dick after this, can we kind of go on a vacation? And he says, we can't. There's somebody in town it's stealing hearts. <laughs> well, I see a guy who stole my heart. Ooh, is that bad? And the art there was a little I'm like, off who, the way who she is watching Stephen Cass right now? Yeah, really. I know. Really. Uh, and in that, they end up where, because you have to fill in the blanks and make sure people don't. Haley gets left behind, but the Titans go and they, they the hang Titans out. The Titans are going to take care of Bloodhaven while they're you away. Know, they're going to take care of Haley and the, the, the Bloodhaven. But 
and you don't really get much. You get Dick Grayson tranking, you know, Maroney right, letting yeah. him fall right on the ground, and then all of a sudden, the next morning, they get up. I you heard end up having Maroney like there's paper thin ceilings there. Be funny if they fell through. And uh, all of a sudden, they look out now. There is a decent line that it did make me chuckle. It's a, it's a free-for-all for trying to, like, one-liner joke situations going on. Like, I ain't never thought about superheroes in uh, relationships and all. And then the back girls are like, really? You mustn't spend much time on the internet. And I giggle because I'm a pervert. They, again, but that's kind of a Tom. They, like, these are Tom <laughs> Taylor jokes. Usually, they'll, they'll hit with me. But we keep just getting nothing. And I need a bigger story. I need something to progress. I didn't think that after Blockbuster's death, by heartless that the big play would be oh my god we have to escort maroney to gotham i don't think anybody ex- expected that but i can go with the idea we did extract the heart of blockbuster the big gigantic elephant heart of this main criminal and i think i'm thinking that heartless himself is the robot tin man that he is he wants to put this heart in his own body he's got to modify himself to do that because it's a big ass heart but i am really afraid when he does come back from doing all of this and has blockbuster's heart that somehow in tom taylor's mind for the story to progress it's not just your brain that remembers things. It's your heart. I know you're Dick Grayson, Nightwing, because yeah, that the would heart, be odd. the faith of the heart. <laughs> yeah, Melinda earlier where she says, man, Blockbuster. See, this is where I thought, again, this is where it was going to go. Even people around are like, did you do this? Because she says, hey, he knew your secret identity. Kind of cool that he died, right? <laughs> really, woo, we, we averted that one. He's like, no. We need above the board justice and like, whatever, just get out of here. But yeah, we'll have to see how this all plays. His body will be stolen next thing and we'll have some weird shit going well, on. He'll be, throwing, it. he'll be thrown in Slaughter Swamp or something. Uh, so yeah, now he's a Grundy. Where, yeah, he, he's a Grundy, uh, Black Grundy. Well, they look out the doesn't window. Roll, it doesn't roll up the sound. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Grundy Black. They end up Grundy-ster. They the look Grundster. out there. There's a. There's a taxi cab. <laughs> right. How can like, there be a taxi cab outside of our forest safe house when there's no roads to get here? That's just crazy. Nightwing, you better go check that out. And they, they end up going out. Now, in that, I'd be really like, oh, what the hell's going on here? Like, is this an attack? Are we doing this? And he walks out, and then we get, you know, the crazy cliffhanger. Hey, My name's Rick Grayson. I need you to get into the cab. I'm like, Rick Grayson? But you were you and you were you. Oh, my. But you're me. Now, seriously, are they going to point at each other the next issue? Do the Spider-Man pointing? pointing? I think they will. Uh, But yeah, I guess says get in the cab and you see you end up having that scar. Like, it looks legit and it looks cool. And I'm like, look at those dreamy eyes. I forgot about those. But. In that, I want Babs to come out and like, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? Because remember, she'd go and visit him and stuff. And they I have just their think issues. that Babs thinks for how horned up she seems in this book, she just hit the jackpot. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, my God. Face it, Tiger. I just hit the jackpot. They, they go out and she's like, they yeah. Point. She says that. They point. And then Nightwing says, oh, my God, I'm going to go trank Maroney again. She goes, no. Let the boy, Let the boy wash. <laughs> and then they go in. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You got took, that. This book took a weird turn. Wait, maybe we'll get that. We'll see. We'll see what's Let going on. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you from what is out there and whatnot. It, it does make sense, but yeah, we'll see. But it says next, this night might get even weirder. And I'm like, but it's daytime. The sun's risen. So nighttime's the right time. That does end up saving. An issue that not a lot happens, not a lot it was going on in this issue. I didn't expect, like I said, to have this idea of, hey, and even to get there, it's like, 
Well, Blockbuster, he kept really good records. And it's not just, well, you're in trouble. Like, usually you'll have the play. We have all these records of you're laundering all this. You better turn state's evidence or you're going to go to jail. No. What you care about my dirty laundry for? And now, but instead it's, listen, you went and took all, you know, killed your competition. And we'll release this to the the families. Then they'll know you killed these people. And then they'll come. It's a little bit of a jumping through hoops deal to make them go. But there he goes. He was going to go and he's going to turn state's evidence. We'll see what that means. And even with that, like I said to you last night when we got done our Patreon spotlight, and I said, oh, it's Maroney, state's evidence. You're like, what the hell is he doing state's evidence? They have all the info they need or whatnot. I'm like, eh, that's what they said. So We need to take everybody else down. We need witnesses. Yeah, really. It gets saved a bit by the end, though. That is pretty cool. Never expected that. That was a No, I'm telling you, this is a bit of a hot. Like, a lot of times in these books, while you have fun with Nightwing and his shenanigans, Barbara, the characters, you have wow moments. You enjoy seeing the characters. The book always looks great. But a lot of the premise of the story that we're given always feels hollow to me. This is no different. But thankfully, by the end, you have this crazy-ass cliffhanger that really just elevates the book from total, what I think is kind of boring, storytelling. Yeah, like, I thought so, I too. can't wait to see what happens next. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad, but I just know we'll that see. I'm on board for another issue no matter what. What would you give this? 6.8 out of 10. I'm going to go Sucker Tash 7. I was at a 7. I went down just because of the hollow thing. I was talking about the story, but it's 6.8 to 7. It's, it's kind of a funny play because I'm not going to say... Like, ooh, my score would have been a, a three, and now it's a seven. It, it's not even quite like that. It's just by the end, I was like, oh, man, that's something I never thought would happen. And never. I actually got a good feeling. So my score. They subverted our expectations. I'm telling you, my score rocketed up, but it was more of that overall feel of, okay, Agreed. there was something. What Like, here's the deal. Before that, there wasn't much worth reading. And then when I got that, it was all worth reading then just to get to that. So I was like. All right, next, especially again. It was like a war buddy coming back, like I said, and we're going to have some drinks. Like, oh, man, we were through the shit together. It's nice to see you again. And it really was odd, the warm feeling I got for Rick Grayson, seeing that. I never expected to even have that, so we I have to did. give them. Yeah, We had I mean, warm really feelings did. for Rick Grayson, Cabby Nightwing. I, I feel bad while I'm trying to explain this because I sit there and yell about, oh, people just like this because of those wow moments and the – the idea of fan service. This is a weird play. It's fan service, but is it because people hated Rick Gray? But it is. It's kind of neat. And I'm glad. It is a little seasoning, a little flavor for it the is. constant reader. I just, I yeah, it's a reward. It's a reward for people who went through it. And so if you didn't read, if you bailed, you're not allowed to like it. I'm not <laughs> letting you like it. I'm sure they won't I'll anyway. I'll tell you, leading up into this, I actually went on Twitter, as I would, and I uh-huh. typed in Rick Grayson. To do. And I saw a lot of people who were like, oh, my God, this was so great. I'm glad that we saw him right away. I saw somebody, is B there? Because they hadn't re- read it yet. No, not yet. And I'm like, eh, we'll yeah. see. We might see Eric, but I think B's an alcoholic now. Maybe she she left it. There's no way when she ended up seeing on the news that Dick Grayson was a billionaire, and she off herself. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's like, "What? I won the lottery like that? And now this asshole went on. Oh my goodness!" And then even then, well, look at him cutting the deal at the the Haven right there with Babs. 
like, really? Are you throwing this in my... I just like to think that Haven was built right next to her bar and all the patients used to go there going to another place now within the Haven. He actually bought out the bar and tore it down to make one of those food truck areas. <laughs> now it's a children's library. Mm, there you go. She she can never take you know a cab again. You know where this bar once stood is now a statue of Alfred Pennyworth, the uh, real hero That would need. be funny. It's right there. Alfred's statue. Ba-boom. But, yeah. Seven. Succotash seven for me. It, it was saved. But we'll move on to the next. And I didn't even mention at the beginning of this section because I wanted to get right into this big reveal. Uh, this is the fun section, I would say, Eric. But I know history proving once again, you can't have fun is what I say. But I think you, I think you're having a little bit of fun. We're going to move bit. on to the next book, which is your book. This, if you, if you're not going to have fun, then you might as well skip this book, right? I mean, it really is a situation where I did find myself a little, I don't know, like, the thing is, I don't want to be stereotypical Eric Shea yeah, that ever says, you can't have fun, you're a piece of shit. Because the thing is, when I'm reading my comics, I want high stakes, I want character moments. And when we have interdimensional cable wrestling, I'm like, fuck, we just got out of a dark crisis Right tie-in. away, I even was like, interdimensional cable, okay, wrestling, okay. But in that, again, you are known as the fuddy-duddy. You're a stick in How the mud, this? you are. <laughs> I hear it all the time down at the rec center. Uh, but when you review it, that's the it's the difference between reviewing and talking about something uh, or just sitting there reading it, have a smile, and get on with the deal. Uh, but I, I know that this had to have crushed you, the idea of trying to figure out if you were having fun, if it made sense and whatnot. Uh, but go on with the credits and we'll talk about it. The Flash, number 787, written by Jeremy Adams, the art by Fernando Pastra and Matt Ryan, Jeremy Cox, and Rob Lee. And in this issue, we see Wally West woken early in the morning because his kids are hungry. And we need to see what else is on the table after breakfast, table, on the television after breakfast. And out of nowhere, we get wham! Wrestling across the multiverse, where all of a sudden you have Meme Bean Woodman and the Justice Warrior doing commentary for the greatest wrestling across the multiverse. And the worst part about this, because I am such a funny, daddy stick in the mud piece of shit that I am, I'm sitting there because it's called wrestling across the multiverse, but everything I'm seeing right here, it's within our own universe. Why do we have to call it a multiverse? <laughs> here we go. Eric I'm such Jay. an asshole. Oh my God. At one point, I did think we were going to get like a, a tag team that would be, you know, I don't know, say a bunch of different multiversal flashes and things like that. We do see Gold Beetle, which was cool. Uh, when yeah, we go hanging out with that. Lobo, watching it in another part of the galaxy and stuff like that, because Wham is broadcasting oh, everywhere Wham you want to be. Yeah, and I, I actually. But even at the end, when you have the tag teams, you know, champions or the tag team wannabe champions, at the end, when you have Maul from the Wildcats show up and you also have the faceless Hunter of Saturn, like these are little C tier characters that you throw in for a little See? bit of style, a little bit of flavor, but. Going. Uh, these are like H. Uh, but yeah, in that. People liked Maul and the Wildcats. Yeah, but that's not still me, not, but people. That's not a C. I mean, there are things when people start talking like a firestorm is a D. So please, I mean, I guess it's your own little head cannon here, but this is fun enough. I wish that the names were better. Some of the names were okay, but some the of them didn't. Now, Mean Bean Woodman, I did like, you know, because I like Mean Gene. Look, but... Mean Gene Okerlund is the best thing. And obviously, you know, the Justice Warrior to me is Jesse the Body Venture. Yeah, it and is, I love but... this pairing of, yeah, you know, I like bullshit alien commentators. But some of the wrestlers and their, you know, moves. And their, yeah, and their power moves and their finishers. I, I didn't love, but they were still the fun. Cosmic Elbow. And so the, the most whole powerful play. move in the yeah, universe. Yeah, in that. It's just like any other elbow. I'm even mad about Wham Wrestling doing that. All of a sudden, you have the Cosmic Slap. No, it's just a slap. But me and you love Woo! wrestling. We love all that. So I had some fun with it. I had the fun with the idea where 
Wally just is tired. He wants to settle back. And, and all of a sudden, he's watching the wrestling. And you end up when having. The comes downstairs like, yeah. hey, don't you understand? This is downtown. <laughs> you need to do shit. Yeah, like, that's oh, what's fuck, pretty right. funny. The idea that they're having oh, it shoot. on the planet. And they go to do that. And then you have what I really like was like Dick Grayson, Nightwing. And Babs, they're like, yeah, you think you should do something about this thing? Uh, he's, he's like, yeah, when I get my outfit on it all. Well, it's such a weird, exactly. It's such a weird idea, though, because you do have this wrestling across the multiverse, you know, broadcasting the cable television across the universe. But when you have a situation on Earth, because this is where the, the, the wrestling rift opened up and our this is our battleground now, downtown Central City. For some reason, when anybody who turns on the TV can see this, any like you know, let's even say the Superman, he's back in town. Warlords in the past, he's using his super hearing. Why did nobody show up to wonder what is going on in Central City? And maybe I should help the Flash. Yes, you will have a moment with Babs and Dick watching your TV. He's like, ah, he's got it. But like, it just seems weird that nobody seemed to show up for something that seemed like an alien invasion. Yeah, and so you have that. They explain it to Wally that hey, we go do this. We've already got like really uh, after the fact kind of. We cleared out all the area, and then when it's done, we have these robots fix it. But again, what I wanted and what I thought would have been more fun is to go go multiverse. Go with the deal. I want to see where the Flash who pins comes out or something crazy like that. Some sort of weird deal. Even if you had like, oh, my God, like the real bad guys of this wrestling are from the dark multiverse, and they come out, and they're doing their the thing. Real really, heels. really Play off that whole like, deal uh, with wrestling again, and if stuff. If you start saying shit like that and doing them, like who who is the promoter of this wrestling like uh, federation? Because who has that kind of power? Because now you're talking about god level power, plucking all of these people from a multiverse and putting them in a fucking wrestling situation. Vince, the god of man. Lo- <laughs> yeah, something like that. I was even going to go like Lobo could have been involved in some way, but. Yeah, I think you could Lobo have... should have been the Omega Band Man, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And even the idea of this, where we have Wally waking up with his kids, is going to watch some crazy wrestling, because he used to love wrestling as a kid. I'm like, I like the idea that he wants to get back there and maybe show his kids this, because when he was a kid, he liked to do just like me. I'm like, yes, uh, we are of the same kind of age, Wally and myself. Maybe he's a little younger, because comic book characters never age, and I just keep doing it over and over again. But I like the idea of him getting into this. Oh, I yeah. just wish, like, the like the overall idea, like... uh. This feels oh, like an annual. It feels like something that would be well, in a We just side got out deal. of Dark Crisis, That's- though. I'm saying, though, it's like, why? Like, what are we dealing with in our new status quo? Because th- this was a Dark Crisis tie-in book. And all of a sudden, Dark Crisis is over within this book. I'm like, well, what were the ramifications? Because now you're just wrestling. You end up having Hulk Hogan in here, who also has the eyebrow like The Rock going. He's talking about whenever we pick a world to do this that's always right before an apocalypse so we're, we're fucking wrestling on a doomed world anyway so it really doesn't matter but is this a next apocalypse or is this book out of order for how it was no written? i i still think that in this book because they didn't really get to the end of dark crisis they just got barry and barry went off then and, to no, save and then the they rest. went off to go say like you'll fight the secret society of supervillains yeah and but even then i think that this is just an aside i don't know if it, it is a weird play okay, and the maybe way i took it is that when he talks about apocalypse because we are currently going on with a crisis slash apocalypse situation in dc comics this book was a tie-in to it and now that we're out of it and doing something new I just can't help but think it's a new apocalypse, apocalypse I coming. I can't think that it is only because every other book is still involved in, you know, the credit. And all the other books actually have No even other books are involved except for tired well, ones. No, I'm saying the idea we still have Dark Crisis going on for three more months. I mean, you can't, you know, expect this to be that far ahead in the deal. I just think, again, they, there's nothing for this book to do until the end of Dark Crisis. So you're having this nonsense going on. 
and we'll just keep doing these little little things until the end of Dark Crisis, even though today, as we record, the solicits came out, doesn't look like shit's changing after Dark Crisis, which is a shame. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I it would be weird that he's like, ooh, this fit. and now they're talking about Lazarus Planet. Uh, who knows? But you're ending up you're supposed to be having fun with this and it's fun enough. I like where you get the little Undertaker deal and you're the Overtaker. Playing, you're playing with the idea of, you know, like I said, a Hulk Hogan slash the rock. You're you having got the all these universal heavyweight champion of the world, the Omega Bam man, who's really just playing up the idea like like the idea of a Hulk Hogan, like you said, but he's also almost like a like a Hercule slash Mr. Satan from Dragon Ball Z for how he's going with the over the top, the pompous attitude. But along the lines, he was always like, you know, a wrestling kind of caricature himself too. So you have that whole situation like Wait, which sector is this anyway? It's 2814. Oh, you got them Kryptonians here? Yeah, we got I love to wrestle one. I love to like, wrestle yes. him. I mean, you could even play the idea. You could have All Might and, you know, My Hero Academia is kind of a character like this. It doesn't feel like it, but you could have played that. But I do like every time you see this guy, he's got the shades on. He, You know, he's got, got the, yeah, macho, he's got man the shades, macho Man shades. But the eyebrow is going like the rock. And the handlebar mustache. Uh, yeah, he has all that. He is the amalgam of. 80s to 90s wrestling which is kind of fun the one thing that you actually get out of this because flash gets involved now he's a freaking wrestler for wham as well and becomes a tag team champion of the world well with it's the funny Omega he Bam becomes Man. that because you end up having a guy go down and it's almost like it's the weirdest way of cashing in your money in the bank exactly he ends up putting his hand to check the pulse of the guy and one, that's when two, he's three, he pinned him <laughs> he pinned him no, no, see, I was just checking. We have a new champion. Uh, and they don't Any new challenges? That's fun. I mean, the it idea that he's like, I'm not involved in this. But even when you have the idea that this is still a television program across the universe and stuff like that, it, let's just say multiverse because it wants to call itself multiverse even though I don't see it. To the point where it's a television program, they even have commercial breaks where Omega Bandman is like, all right, it's cool, we're at a commercial, you can hang back now. Yeah. And they just bullshit. They talk from Omega Bandman to face-to-face with Wally West about Wally And he's a nice like, you know, guy, right? He's a great guy. And the idea, though, he's an open like ear, a shoulder for Wally to cry into a degree just to say, like, I want more out of my life because I'm constantly doing this father for like stuff, the husband stuff, the flash stuff, the work stuff. And I don't really have time for me. And, you know, he's just like, you got to find a hobby, brother. You got to make it real. You got to be you. You got to find a hobby, brother. It's so small, but it's a little bit of development because I want to see what Wally's hobby is going to be going forward. Like, what makes Wally tick? Does he just hang out in the garage and listen to Rush? Because I know one thing that Wally West is a Rush fan. You don't see him listen to him anymore. Because he likes to rush, Eric. He ends up where it says next Central City election. I'm like, huh, is that his thing? Lord and Wolf. Huh, yeah. So we'll see what that. Yeah, it would be nice. Wally it would be West nice if he's just against Wolf. Oh, I know. Wolf. I'm That's sitting the there. That's all I thought of. It's like, is he in the politics now? Is that what he wants to do? Like, he's Oliver Queen that. running for mayor of freaking Star City. I can believe that. But Wally West, I can't see that. Do you think he likes speed metal? Oh, my. I was trying to think. Do you think that he'd be a fan of the song Turbo Lover? Right? Right, Eric? You get it? You think he just likes gimmicky songs and make him think of himself? Is that Wally West That's to you? That's why he likes Rush. That's the only reason. Nobody likes Rush. Actually, I'm growing to like them more in my older age, Eric. And so am I. We went off on a rant at one point, pissed off a lot of people, <laughs> but after like, you know, I don't mind them. Uh, remember when we thought Tom Ellis was part of... <laughs> we really thought... Uh, but yeah, uh, I still don't like the Grateful Dead. I don't think that'll ever happen. Oh, no, happen. they suck. Yeah, I, they piss me off. But, uh... The idea of Rush is I'm, I'm actually liking them. And then I kind of wanted to send Jeremy Adams a, like a tweet about it earlier today because he said something about cover to uh, Linda Park's no, like novel with the, like the romance novel kind of thing. He put up something about that today. I'm like, I just want you. And I almost had the idea just to 
just want you to know. I don't know if you're ever going to use it or if you can use it because of copyrights and trademarks and all that legal purposes, but I want you to know from an earlier comic, which I can't recall what it was right now, Wally West specifically said how much he liked Rush. He use it, Jeremy Rush. Adams. Go, go with it, Jeremy. All of a sudden, Getty, Lee, and Alex Lifeson are hanging out with him. He's now, could he take the place of Neil Peart? No, Eric. I nobody just want can. him to go. I want him to go somehow, like the, the like the uh, lightning bolts on the side of his ears, like the wings, whatever you want to call him. Like somehow he taps it on, and he's running to go do something, and you just see him mouthing Tom Sawyer as he's running, like Sawyer? he's just singing the lyrics. I want free will. Is what I want. You know, a free will might be good, but I always just go with the opening to Tom Sawyer in my mind. You say that, and I mentioned free will uh, uh, rush in the Marvel podcast this week as well. What's going on here? We're starting to the barriers are being broken down all by a Canadian band there that that tried their hardest. Triumph. You end up there. (laughs) Triumph. I love Triumph. You end up with the end where yeah, he wants to end up, you know doing something on his own. Says I'm gonna have to do that. I'll have to make some time for myself. Oh, West has to find himself. And then he goes back and it's cool because the kids come and they think he's their hero and stuff. It's very nice. I mean, it's a nice deal. And I'm just it's sitting fun here. enough, but... It's fun and I'm sitting here wondering about the Dark Crisis, how that plays out. Is the Dark Crisis over in this thing? Are we waiting for a new apocalypse? And even when Linda Park is waiting for him to come home and his kids are all hugging him, I'm like, do you still have Speed Force powers? And is it because you're pregnant? Tell me something, please. Yeah, and she better watch it. She looks like she's being a little too active. She's pregnant. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. She don't got to be bedridden. Mm, get in that bed, start eating haagen So That's what happens around this joint. Uh, and Tanya had five kids. Kind of that cool-down issue, let's have some fun. We've had already in the series, but again, like we said with Nightwing, yeah, there's some moments, ooh, that's cool. Hey, a little you know, character moment, whatnot. It's okay. Imagine how cool it would be if Animal Man showed up since he lives down the street. Oh, if they were a tag team part, I'd really how like How cool it. is that? Wally West and Buddy Baker just teaming up right there? Yeah, I kind of wanted these special moves and the finishers to have different things. And I wanted to see if you're going to go multiverse, really go wacky and have fun and make fun of a bit. Parody some of the craziness of the multiverse and things like that going on. I mean, all of a sudden, like they're wrestling and you end up having, you know, bro man here. And all of a sudden, a woman comes out and is like, hey, what's in? Hey, this is the mental. Hey, I'm from Earth 11. All right, that works. And they start wrestling. Something Suck weird it. or funny. Uh, but by the end, it's okay. I don't hate it. Like I no. said, it, it's fun. And I understand that. <laughs> I'm trying to apologize here. But what would your score be? I gave it a 7 out of 10 on the Suck site. It. I can go as low as a 6.5. Maybe I'll even go to a 6.8, just like Nightwing, because... While this can be a fun issue, I'm old fuddy-duddy. I don't like that kind of shit, but you can have some enjoyment out of the scene while you get weird multiversal wrestling shenanigans, but it doesn't really do much for the character besides to tell you he needs a hobby, which I'm fine with. I just wanted more out of an issue that is coming out of the tie-ins for our Dark Crisis event. Yeah, and and in that, I just want to point out that if you did really like the wrestling you weren't aware, do a powerbomb wipe. What is it? Daniel Warren Johnson uh, is really good. That is a really good wrestling uh, comic. So you get a little flavor. Not here. Warrior? No, 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 not that. Uh, but I'm going to give it a seven as well. I'm giving it a second seven. It's fun enough. It, it had some things going on. You get a little smile. I, I, I always want more. Yeah, I knew that you would have problems with continuity and stuff like that and where it plays. Because I'm a stupid son of a bitch who can't get out of his own head. Wanted a little more fun with some of the moves and things like that. And you could have just had it. The idea that everybody's watching it on Earth, you could have had it that it's not actually televised on Earth. You could have still had Gold Beetle hanging out with Lobo up there and somehow... They, they get word. There's wrestlers downtown. And yeah, I wanted Animal Man. Yeah, we're going to move on to the next book, which is Catwoman, Eric. Catwoman number 48. 48 means it's great. 
is what I heard back in the day. <sighs> Written by T.D. Howard. I disagree. I think this issue is a fucking mess. I think that there's no story to be told here, and it's fucking nonsense. Written by Teeny Howard. Just imagine that they say that they could get back to Gotham from Italy quicker than it was taking them to get from Bloodhaven to fucking Gotham. Written by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leone, Veronica Gandini, and Josh Reed. So we ended up having the story of, hey, we got to get to the aunt of Dario because he's in the back of a car and he's going to get shot by Noah. Dante's former lover, who's going to be the head of the Tommaso crime family, has kidnapped Dante, put him in the back of his car, and now he's texting Selena, who's currently in Europe, that he needs help. But we can't get back to Gotham. No, I need you to go the other direction in Europe and get to my aunt so she can talk to people who can then talk to people over here to try to save me. I'm like, you're just going to die, Dante. There's nobody who's saving you right now because nobody can do anything in the amount of time that no, we need. Especially there's no time. when Noah, at the beginning of this issue, turns you over to Black Mask immediately. I don't know why Black Mask doesn't put a bullet in his goddamn brain. This whole deal. Now, I get it that they're going to Tuscany to talk to the family and try to get this play of, Call your guys in Gotham. Stop this. But we spend so much time at the Tommaso family in Tuscany just to say, yeah, we don't like the Dantes. He's a gay. And I'm like, we spend a lot of time dealing with the fact that Dante's gay and just talking about it. And I swear, which I, I honestly can't verify because I fucking hate wingdings, that Black Mass spent a lot of his time here just like, you know, throwing like homosexual slurs left and right. I don't know. I ended up where. I'm sitting there, nine hours or whatever we saw, six and a half to nine hours that was the trip that oh, they have to do to get here. I'm like, okay, he's already dead seven times now. So we get to Tuscany. They pull up on, I mean, just the road that leads to the mansion. He's dead twice again. So you get there finally, and now we're going to meander about and dick around. He's dead now seven more times. I mean, the guys should be dead 50 By million times By the time we pull here. up, get to the house, and get out of the car, like, uh, tell them that we're, oh, I'm Selene Calabresi from the Calabresi crime family. Uh-huh. Everybody remember that? You must be Dante's Aunt Mia. By the time the Aunt Mia finishes her monologue, how she's actually related to the family, Dante's dead four more times. Because <laughs> that just goes, see, I'm not really his aunt. Me and his mother back in the day, we went to school. We actually married into this to do this and that thing. And I'm like, Cool, cool, Aunt Mia. Can you help? Can you help Dante, please? Seems like they may have already like she got word, but didn't do anything. And they, you know, hey, what's going on? Like Dario's in big trouble. Let's start. Oh well, we we got to go inside. This is the I love it. The this is the old school way. The the old world. No, no, the the new school way is Dante's now dead three more times. So we go in. They even like. They changed up their look there. There we got smooth fucking criminal, uh, you know, going it on here. It's so funny to me, the the outrage, the uproar on the internet. when We had that Chip Zdarsky playing in Batman, that Catwoman and Valmont were sleeping together. And then they pulled the rug from underneath and said, ha ha, we fooled you. We trolled you. That wasn't really going on. Something else is going on. You, you fools. You just fed into our freaking trollisms. Well, a few issues later, now they're banging. They seem to be maybe like, banging. I don't know. When they kissed that time, it seemed like the first time. When she said, I'm really falling for you and kissed. I think that they're kind of getting closer and closer. All I want to say is at the end of this issue, underneath a parachute that they just used to save themselves from a crashing plane, they are banging under that parachute. No, I think that what happened is nobody really lost their mind. I think that they ended up seeing that and they're like, fuck it. Nobody cared. Nobody's reading this book anyway anymore. This this book sucks. I'm telling you, you say that this is better than the last issue this issue is a fucking wreck go back go you back and read no, the last issue this is awful i mean the idea of now we are 
seven pages in and they're still standing outside the stupid mansion Look. where you have this woman well actually i'm not the aunt i'm kind of a friend of the mom that i went this and i went that like the last one suffers to the idea that we went on vacation to do other stuff to try to bring down the crime families in europe that are related to the crime families in Gotham to take them down as a whole by calling it a vacation and now at the end of this now boy we didn't really do much for dante but maybe we did hopefully when we get back and find out He'll still be okay. I kind of love you. And we, we don't really need to be in Europe anymore. Vacation over. Let's go back it to Gotham. It doesn't even like, make sense. It was and almost so, like that two-issue arc with Harley where it just came out of nowhere. Didn't feel like, This feel, at least feels more connected than that. But it just I feels don't, out of I don't think it does. I think that this is bullshit. Out of nowhere to go to Europe to do this for what we were doing currently Before in Gotham. Before, we had the you know sirens, at least, to say, oh, Gotham City sirens. Yeah, they do these crazy, wacky road trips and stuff. You go and do this. And it just feels like now we have gone. Something was going on at the beginning of the run. Teeny Howard came over. I don't think she has any idea about any of these characters, including Selena. She ended up where maybe somebody was lending a hand. Hey, just go with this Genevieve Valentine thing. You can have this crime world boss and stuff. So really cool. Started out good. It ended up weird and kind of seemed like they stopped yeah, that. Yeah, got weird go. with Ico as Catwoman and yeah. stuff. So then you go here, and I think this is where it's like, it's, okay. And where is Ico as Catwoman? I, I even forget about that idea in this issue. Like, we really should have picked up on she that. She should be saving Dario right now. You end up having this, and in my mind, it's like, well, Teeny Howard, what should I do now? Well, you know, go with that crap. Okay, well, I, but has no idea what to do with it. So we're here in <laughs> Tuscany to, to do nothing. You're You're there where... At one point, you have the Tommaso family saying, we don't like our gay nephew or whatever he would be. But that's being said by a woman who's not even part of the family, but he ends up controlling it with the crippled, can't talk. But none of this makes sense. And then with that, you get this play where very weird where Teeny Howard seems to be like, hey, girl power, I'm going to give you the glove. And now you're going to be the head of the family. Nobody's going with that. Well, honestly, I'm telling you, they seem to be all about tradition here. If she holds the glove that she got from Here's Gotham. Here's the thing, then. Why, are, why isn't Selena saying, I have the glove? You call right now. I'm the head of the family. This woman isn't related. She's just there. She ain't familiar. You know what I mean? So this woman who has the glove seems to be a separate deal as well. And so she was what's married, going though. on? It, but that it doesn't work that way. And I don't even get the whole play of all of that either. We don't really know. The background of this, I just thought it was a lady just banging him and, you know, trying to get in and whispering in his ear because he's the one who's the head of the family. But Selena has the glove. Don Lorenzo Tommaso seen better days, that's for sure. And where where did Selena get the glove? She stole it from Gotham. Yeah. So how is he the head of the family in Tuscany, but yet you stole the glove in Gotham and that makes you the head of the family? Even though this guy's the head of the family. Well, now she's the head of the family in Gotham. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It, it's all this. And she, well, you've been doing a lot of work for him, so you deserve it. I for works out anyway. It. It's more of a symbol and stuff like that, because even behind the scenes, because Don, like, ha- the Don hasn't been able to do it, so no, she's been running I mean, this family anyway. No, I mean, what I'm saying. It doesn't matter, the stupid club. She's been saying, the guy can't talk, so he goes, oh, but it's almost Chewbacca. Chewbacca's like, and then whatever Han wants to do, he says, Chewbacca just said it. Chewbacca's shaking his head no. He's like, I didn't say that. Even though it seems weird that I guess some people can understand the language but not speak it. Maybe Chewbacca's vocal cords are all fucked up. I don't know. But he's like, me no say that. And they're like, oh, look at that Chewbacca always joking around. 
Like, just the whole thing is a mess. Now, and, the idea of the crime family, because that is our big deal with Catwoman right now. But on top of the other thing that we're doing with Catwoman, it's a new character, Valmont, who yeah. at the beginning of this whole thing seemed to be a part of an organization that was, instead of a League of Assassins, uh, like a uh, League of Thieves along those lines. It was all about stealing. He admired Catwoman and stuff like that. And now it is, is the idea. Stealing. He was rhyming and stealing, stealing hearts. Stealing That's Selena Kyle's now, right? heart. But the worst part is, uh, Selena Kyle stole his heart as well because <laughs> he he swore that he wasn't going to kill anymore because Selena had a problem with that because Selena's heartthrobs, they don't kill, just like a Batman. So Valmont put that aside, but now he is so deeply connected to his old organization, you know, the League of Assassins, and now that his brohams <laughs> have found out that he I don't kill no more. I forgot about things. We are going to kill you, Valmont, because we don't like them people who don't kill, and we're going to take your cut of what we steal. What is this League of Assassins? <laughs> and not only that, but the League of Assassins member who's flying the plane is going to get them back to Gotham. Oh, my God. Flamingo. I mean, here's what? here's the couple things in this, and this is what I'm saying. I, I barely could follow the the ins and outs of the Tomasto family and how this works here. So with that's where I found it easy. <laughs> then you go with a, a scene where, no, like they come in and they talk to the Annie. Hey, Annie, you're going to let us in. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Look, Dude, I, I picked I will up tell your you dog. Oh, here you go. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I didn't know what happened. I felt very confused. Like, <laughs> I could understand the, the subtext, not even the subtext, but just the direct text of what they're telling me for how the, like, the Tommaso crime family works, what they want to do with it. But when we have Selena <laughs> Calabrese who shows up is going to stay there, then all of a sudden Catwoman shows up. Yeah, that Calabrese woman, she told me to come and help out. But the idea that Valmont and Selena and Catwoman, they break into Aunt Mia's room, which I have to think is part of the Tommaso, like, you know, estate. And then she is going to go open a locked door from her room to let her, them into the room of the Don's room. But let us in. When she's saying this, I'm so confused. Like, you're already, you're already in. in. And then but she you picks meant up the, the other dog. door. I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I had no idea what the hell they were talking about until I got a few pages. And I'm like, that was a weird progression. I understood them what happened. But like you said, even this, like, this dog's just walking around. And then you end up where you're going to get caught in this subterfuge of, come on, Annie, Mia, you have to help. You know, Dario, you like him. Well, I'd like to, but I can't. You can't help him because he's gay and they don't like gay people and you don't want to rock the boat because you're barely in. But you like him and you wish that you could. I have your dog. OK, here's the door. I'm like, what is going on? And then they go in and go with that. But then Selena, like I said, girl power is here. I'm going to give you a symbolic glove so you can call over to get at this point. Dario is dead. 56 times over. Eight times. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is so dead. And so, like, oh, well, I guess if you gave me that glove. But somehow, I'm telling you, it's such a weird situation because I, I can't remember for certain. Obviously, I didn't go back and look at it. But I swear that Dario was kidnapped during the nighttime. Now we've gone from nighttime the day before <laughs> to an entire day back in the nighttime over here in Europe. And Dario has just been in the back of the trunk. And I think now that I don't even know if Black Mask is driving him around, but it's still Noah. I guess, What's but Noah gave him, you know, sleeping pills at one point. You have all this stuff going on. And so you do have that. And then Black Mask comes, kills all of Noah's guys, then grabs, the. I guess, the car going to go off as a symbol almost of like taking it back to Tommaso saying, hey, I got your son. I, but then in that... I got your son that you disowned and nobody cares about. Yeah, yeah, Cool, yeah, Black really. Mask. Cool. So then you end up with the glove. You give it to the lady. Then you have to skedaddle out. So you start riding down the road, and all of a sudden a plane comes down, 
That's a cargo plane that you drive into the back of to then explain these are my buddies, but they're not my buddies. They're actually the League of Assassins, but we're ex-League of Assassins because we end up taking some money off the top to do well, good that's the thing. things. No, we're still League of Assassins, but we're a side piece that the main League of Assassins doesn't know about, so we just kind of you know steal stuff for ourselves and take more of a bigger cut, but we kill our own who we don't like so we can get a bigger cut and take from them, and they don't like me no more it's because Belmont don't kill. And you know what? Flamingo's piloting the freaking plane, and he decides to go crazy, and he's going to crash the plane by ripping out the controls, thinking... He's going to freaking pull out, uh, what's it called? Alive. Remember that movie Alive about the soccer? We're going to crash this plane and we're going to I'm I'm gonna gonna eat, eat you. all your people's faces in order to survive. It's going to be great. Really, like, um, everybody's dead. Yeah, I'm like, really? You're not going to get that far there. And he's not very smart. Yeah, even when Selena goes guys. In, into the cockpit to see who the pilot is and the idea, like, she doesn't know what Valmont's been playing with the league. It says, like, you handle the cargo bay and I'll go to the pilot. I was just thinking I could use a little space because she's upset about the idea of League Says She opens the cockpit door. Flamingo and like you know and Cantado Catwoman that's how you know him Valmont you all share a plane Valmont's not there anymore she's just yelling at Flamingo and the Flamingo says among other things we are among the world's finest killers and then she says he's a cannibal I'm like <laughs> you were just talking to, Fl- yeah, you're Flamingo. Talking to Flamingo well Flamingo likes to hear things in the third person hey there Flamingo I don't even know if you know but he's a cannibal I mean you oh no because yeah Valmont's in the back Taking care of the black-clad Valmonts uh, there. and You know that the bad guys, because they're clad in black, while Valmont's in white. Flamingo showed up to dispose of bodies before, so you have that connection. But that's all you got, so you throw it here. But this idea of, hey, we're the, this, like you said, it seemed like the League of Thieves. But then it wasn't. It's now the League of Assassins. But a League of Assassins that does thieving. I- exactly. It's like the idea. But we still kill because, you know, assassins, but we love to steal. But it, the whole thing about Selena coming back to Gotham proper and Valmont searching her out was the idea that he was enamored with her art of the steel and stuff like that. And they wanted to be of this whole super duo in the thievery category. She didn't want him to kill. He said, okay, but never anywhere before this did I think to myself, hey, look at that guy, League of Assassins. I still think all of this changed at first. I don't think that Selena and Valmont were going to be this sexy romantic interest i thought that that was just a little red herring to get people riled up or whatever but when they decide then oh my god they're going to maybe get together romantically you have to change things you have to end up switching up oh valmont he doesn't kill anymore because selena doesn't like killers and oh we're just this crazy assassin steve's guild that i'm not killing but they don't like that i'm not killing to try to make him a good guy it would have been a better play if you're going to play this. It would have been a cool idea for him to show up in Gotham and say, listen, I am former League of Assassins. I want to start a League of Thieves. And you're you are a cool. second rate ghost maker. You Get let me here. know what's going on. It is terrible. And then you end up because but he now has she's nothing going interest. on. That's what you have to do to actually solidify him in the book and make him. Int- if people were triggered or are triggered, I don't think they are now because I don't think anybody cares about this. But. When you do see this... Is it the only reason that people cared because it was in the main Batman book? Yeah, and I think... I Yeah, and I think that it was something in a solicit that the Batman's going to come into town and wonder what's going on with this. Because the Bat's back yeah, in town. Yeah, exactly. So that's like, all this is setting up. Ooh, triangle. Oh, my. <laughs> triangle, indeed. But yeah, and then you get this... I mean, this is where Teeny Howard... I, I can't grasp the idea of what she thinks she's doing here of like we're taking down the crime families three pages of hey grab two parachutes oh no i threw that guy out there's one parachute there's three there's one there's two hey i only have one put your legs around me let's go 
I'm like, what are we doing? We're wasting time. This is what Teeny Hour does. She meanders about. There's hardly a story here. I mean, the whole idea that they have to go all the way to Italy to try to save a guy who's going to be killed in the back of a, a car. Right now, he's dead 80 times. I don't even know if the call went in. And what would it matter anyway? Black Mask isn't listening to shit. Well, I'm just saying that that plane did not get very far. So there's no way they're getting back to Gotham anytime soon. But at one point, they say that it's like not going to be that long. I'm like, what? You're in Italy. Come on now. So you end up where all of this in the play, and like you said, there was Black Mask at one point, but that barely made much sense, and now we think he might be driving the car with Dario. Dario says, oh my god, somebody else is driving crazy, like. That's the thing, is he even says, like, you know, hey, uh, the car is acting a little weird, because he's just texting from the trunk now, like, he's driving a little erratic, is it you? No, I think it's Noah. How is that better? I'm like, I really don't know who it is anymore. I don't know what's going on here. I would have think because of the erratic nature, it's Black Mask, but Salinas is Noah and Dante's okay with it. I don't know. That asshole got in and zipped up his eye holes in his mask. He can't see shit. He's driving around. Like, He's like, look like, at me. Yeah, I take the wheel. <laughs> He's like, I got a brand to go with. Oh, my goodness gracious. Why would you have zippers over your eyes? <laughs> it completes uh, the gimp costume. Uh, yeah, but I mean, don't you want to see everything that's happening there? I, I understand the mouth, but the eyes and a even, little Even on. when Selena shows up, the idea where she's playing Selena Calabrese, you know, the big, like, the crime family heir and stuff like that to try to reach the Tommaso, so there's proper channels and stuff. When they're going in, even the way that she's talking to Valma, they're like, here's uh, Selena Calabrese and uh, her companion. And the idea of the way she's talking to him, the way that Valmont's responding, it really has this really domineering, like, a dom-slash-sub situation between them. And this seems like Valmont likes to be submissive to her. Ooh, and that's he might. It. I mean, he's one of those guys who's got all that power, and then he goes and likes to get stepped on in the crotch or something. I don't know. But yeah, even that, I like, do. the idea that Tommaso's, you know, the guy, he's having problems. He's there. He's got a nice robe, I'll tell you that. But he's in there. But even he sees that. Walk. Great road, this though. guy can't talk, walk, do nothing. She's got a spoon of his food. Even he's figured out that Catwoman's Selena. <laughs> they let Selena in. The next thing you know, Catwoman's there. It's just so weird trying to play Selena Kyle as a secret identity anymore because of rebirth. In Italy, though, what do they know? You know, they're there. They're at the old country, Eric, and they play things different, I hear. And I'm telling you this from experience because I've been to the old country buffet so i know what goes on there they know selena calabrese from the name at least the idea of this glove in my mind is just such like she sees this as a cool symbol and i saw some movies with this or whatever but the way you're playing out your story it makes no damn sense and then the idea of jumping through hoops with the plane and flamingo it's just all bullshit fuck i hate flamingo hopefully Somebody's made this call, but I said if it is Black Mask riding the thing, there's the bets are off. He's dead. Seriously, and Tomasa's not going up against Black Mask. Now they're playing Castaway. I mean, they're there on an island kissing. Ooh wee! What is that from here to eternity? Is that love is a splendid thing? And there's rat a tat tat. You know, Dario's dead. Oh my, R.I.P. Oh, I still think it's better than the last issue. I do not. I don't. I wish think I could so remember what I gave all. last issue, though. Yeah, I'm telling you, my score is a low here. Uh, I do like the art. The art's really good. Nico Leon really good. back on the book is a good thing. Uh, but what would you give it? Ultimately, like the story does fall flat in a lot of areas, but I do enjoy the whole Calabrese callback being, you know, the name alone gets you a. Uh, invitation to the Tommaso family home in Tuscany and stuff like that it allows you at least an in. And I like that aspect of Selena where she will always have this in because of who she is. Stuff falls apart. Valmont is still not interesting, but 
you do add to the drama that Selena goes and follows her heart and goes with Valmont at the end. Is it a little infuriating because if you always want a Batman Catwoman ship? Yes, but I want to see how Batman reacts. I'm still going to give it a 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, uh, this is I'm a 3.5. I think it's complete and utter garbage. I can't stand it. I This book has to change. It's all over the place. Even the pacing of this issue, this issue was a slog to get through there was over dialogue at points then all of a sudden we're racing to get places then there's more dialogue it's just the whole thing and the pacing of the overall series has been completely awful you never know what you're going to get who knows what you'll get next time even people are saying they thought that this stuff in the plane was like <laughs> i don't know like a sitcom gag type deal i didn't even get that and i didn't like it but yeah, people aren't even reviewing this very well you're almost the same score as geek that eric that is crazy uh, but with that, that's the Six end of ten. this section. And yes, I didn't even have, I never even thought any of these books would be a six. So I don't have the kiss my grits. Or do I, Eric? I just realized I did. But in that, we will go and take a little bit of a break and we'll be back with, I think it is two more books to end yes. the pod. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair, blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is terrible. Looking for a star screen or maybe a hubcap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well, that's just Eric Shea A little boys' toys talk there for you, one Eric Shea, where... Man, I can't afford toys. I know. They're very expensive nowadays, like everything else. I can barely afford... Barely afford food. I end up going to get groceries, and I don't. We only have two kids left in the house. I don't know why I'm spending so much on these freaking groceries. What I'm supposed to feed these kids? Because daddy's hungry. I ended up buying some stuff. We ended up getting. I got this whole big thing of these dumplings. You know, pork filled dumplings, and uh-huh. it's a huge bag. I mean, there's tons. I come downstairs and I, I once I come, I hear the air fryer going and I get triggered and I know there's trouble. I go walking over. There's at least 30 dumplings shoved into this air fryer. You know, I'm not even supposed to cook them in the air fryer, Eric. And then I end up like, he's not going to eat You're all right, these. Microwave. I know he's not going to eat all these. And so then he ends up doing this. This is all Rafe, obviously. And then he goes, he's here. The next day I go to cook. I forget. I have chicken nuggets or some nonsense. And there's half of those things. He didn't even take them out of the air fryer. I'm oh, so angry. And then he says to Tanya, we, we went shopping three times last week. And each time it seemed we were spending more and more. And then he says today, two days after we already went shopping and spent, oh, you go to go shopping again. It's because he wastes everything. Is it waste not want not is what I say. I told her I'm cheap, but I hate wasting money. That, that's my, my deal. It's the worst. And so what I end up doing is I'm like, you know, the vulture going around eating all this garbage An food. old man who nobody likes. You know what I did? These stupid dumplings that were overnight sitting there in that too. fryer. I ended up boiling them then. You know, I kind of got fed just to make them so I could eat them and I ate them. I, but at least I tried something with them. They're kind of yeah, bullshit, I but. Yeah, so I end up eating I like left- I eat leftovers that aren't even left over. They're left behinds. It's what they are, and it's getting me angry, Eric. But are these two books that we're ending with left behind? I don't know, Eric. I'm, do you I'm think sure they're that, making you angry. Do you think that people in the deceased world, some of them are left behind, like Kurt Cameron? Possibly. Like Adam Strange? <laughs> like Adam Strange. It's Kurt Cameron, Adam Strange. 
And yeah, we'll just get right into this. I'm not going to say that these are bangers. Jenny just did, though. But this is Deceased War of the Undead Gods number three. Written by Tom Taylor, up by Trevor Harrison, Andy Lanning, Rain Barreto, and Seda Camafonte. Eric, guess who had blocked us in that uh, roundup right there? The answer is none of them. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see after this. Now, Andy Lanning, I'm going to have to go and check. That could be something of a a trouble spot. I don't know. Andy is not very forgiving sometimes is what I hear. I didn't hear shit. I'll tell you this about the book, though. When we get to this point, because deceased like, you know, DC versus vampires, it's kind of like a too much too soon or i'm just losing interest to a degree but i'll tell you about this i look at the intro to this where we see the idea of where adam strange was during the ron thanagarian war and then the zeta beam popped him back to like you know to the world and like oh my god what's been going on here even though it seems a little weird that he's been gone for so long that he doesn't understand because like it seemed like he'd been on ron for like five years at that point then so maybe it doesn't work exactly but I like the idea that this should have been our main character the whole time who comes back after shit's gone bad, almost along the lines of like uh, a Killian Murphy from 28 Days Later or Rick Grimes from Walking Dead, where he's just thrown into a world he doesn't understand because he wasn't there during the outbreak and whatever. Not. I This actually piqued my interest to the point of like, maybe I do need to get back into the seats and care about it well, a little bit more. Well, here's the thing, though. You say that, then it's just kind of here for this. I, if this was the start of it, but then I'd say, the yeah. Yeah, I'd say that, yeah, but to me, by the end of this, we're three issues, and it's three of eight. At the end of this issue, I have to check, because I'm like, are we only six? Oh, yeah, eight, where we pretty much go, oh, yeah, everything that we thought was the big bad, well, no, we're actually going to have a bigger, bigger bad, and I don't know, at the this point, at stake. this issue ends up having a funeral for a fiend, eh, your friend, you end up having, it, it, there's not much going on here, but I do think you're right. I think that if you would have started, and this whole play could have been a real good play off of, like you said, I'm more familiar with Rick Grimes right. and The Walking Dead from doing The Walking Dead podcast on our Patreon, well, patreon.com. The, the beginning of the 28 days later, Killian Murphy's character, Jim, it's essentially Rick Grimes. He wakes up in the hospital after everything's already gone through. It's like I woke up. What, what are these kids? I woke up that my, you know, all of a sudden I have a kid who's 20. I don't well, understand. That, that's just being an absentee father. Well, no, that was called podcast. Uh, but yeah, you end up where <laughs> same, it, it makes sense, too. It's the Ron Tharnagarian Ward. The idea of the data beam taking that long between times and whatnot seemed a little off, like you said, because of the time frame. But I do like that play where he does come like, hey, what's up, baby? What's going on? Oh, no. Hey, you know, you pretty much he's zipping around and he sees Wonder Woman. He has no idea. Hey, Wonder Woman, I love her. He's like, Wonder Woman, over here, Diana. Oh, oh no. And she just rips through him and makes him a zombie there. And it, it's a shame. But, yeah, it's a good An setup An anti-life here. monster. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm going to be like what we find out later. I ain't dealing with equations, Eric. So uh-huh. You end up where, We're beyond that you know, now. Adam comes back and, you know, poor family there. They were all just happy to have Just the idea, back too, then, because. But- when you think of zombies, you think of an undead creature. This keeps, you know, hoarding, like, you know, around. If it hears a sound, it'll go after with a group of them and stuff like that. That's what makes these more because you have a thinking anti-life equation that is the base of this mix. Like, anti-life mixed with death, creating an undead horde of monsters, undead superheroes along the lines of, you know, Marvel zombies and whatnot. But it wants to spread out more than anything. So it actually, using Adam Strange's mind and stuff like that, goes and finds the Zeta Beam to go back to Ron to then infect the rest of the galaxy right there during the Ron Thanagarian War. So now you have Ronians on the table, you have Thanagarians on the table, and wherever their warships can take them across the universe. And I like the idea, too, that in this, with all the big bad problems that we have because we have to deal with the shit beyond Earth and what they're calling Earth 2, where everybody's been living, 
Lobo's going to be our motherfucking hero. And the thing is, we get Lobo not a lot, but we get him a decent amount, it seems like. But when he is written here the way he is written, it makes me think, yes, I do like Lobo, and I wish we could get more of him along the lines of this because he is so much fun in this issue. Yeah, and he could have been as fun in, say, Death Metal, but they didn't utilize him. They had him there to have that little army of, you know, yeah. Lobos and stuff and like even that. The but idea, it, like, it always felt like you didn't get enough, right? With the healing factor, Lobo was healing factor times a million, so the anti-life equation can't infect him. So he is our ultimate weapon because he is the biggest bastard out there. Yeah, which I'll tell you when we compared the things. That was not the case in the Marvel Zombies. Poor Wolverine ended up being a zombie. The healing factor did not work. But I do like that where in he there's Lobo. He it, he obviously probably knows some things are going down, whatever, but he doesn't care. He's drinking. Really, the play here is, is you done messed up when you killed the bartender who's pouring his drink. He so pours my drink, He would not bastards. have gotten involved, I think. He's there no. in the Rylex system. He's like, I'm hanging. We need a few good men to help save the universe. Who here is like a really good man who wants to be down? Lobo's like, how much to pay? Obviously, you, sir, are not the man we need. But after things go down, his bartender gets killed and there's nobody there to pour his drink. Lobo, this time. It's personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like that setup. That's a really fun setup. Now, even the idea where he rips the nth metal wings off the zombie wing guards that come down, the wingmen that come down, and he puts them on himself, so now he is a flying Lobo. Yeah, yeah, really sees that and goes. And this this issue, when we've been talking a bit about, you know, Tom King's stuff, even talking about Nightwing earlier in the podcast, about, you know, his progression, his pacing, and... I did want a little more to happen, but you do set up some good things. And he does get jokey, but some of the jokes hit. You have a Lobos, you know, doing his nonsense and being just a piece of shit that actually Single-handedly takes out a Thanagarian warship full of zombie wingmen. And then, like, the guy who was trying to recruit people is like, like, you want Lobo to save the universe? Let's talk turkey. Yeah, yeah. So he's ready to go. And he's the man we need. Him with the, the wings is awesome. I mean, that should just be right now the next Kiss cover. I don't care what they're doing. I think they're retired, Eric, but you need to have that probably I in their own I got done reading blood. this issue. I had to come into this room here, and I had to go look at my badass Lobo McFarlane action figure. I'm like, yeah, you really are that badass. For sometimes, baby, I forget, but I'll never do it again. Well, it's because it, it seems like DC forgets a lot of times. It's one of those books where they don't know what to do with them. The last thing we had big, you know, series-wise was Lobo and Crush. Crush and Lobo, yeah. And that was Mariko Tamaki. It sucked. That was more Crush Sucks anyway. So but she didn't get it. It was all like, yeah, he's kind of a goofy guy, but he's more of a piece of shit, badass goofy guy where he just does. So when he does end up getting mad and he's going to go fight off this whole deceased deal because his bartender and it, that fits, <laughs> that works. It's not. And it that's the thing. You it's expect played, me to pull my own drinks? You laughed at it, but it didn't make Lobo feel like a joke. Right. Oh, no. it, that's well, Lobo. It that's why you're laughing. It's like your friend who, you know, he can't get out of his own way. He's a piece of shit. But he's the guy you're going to have to rely on. And so I like that. Mariko Tamaki and a lot of other people play him off as just, you know, a biker version of Deadpool who's just a joke. Like everybody would have been thinking, eh, that's not the case. So I do like that. I like when he blows the smoke in that guy's face just because he's a dick. And maybe with that going forward, we'll get more space hog. I should have had it already. Though he has <laughs> wings. I mean, where's the space? Well, he, he pulls them off by the end. I'm just, but by the beginning of the first, next issue, I mean, it has to start with him just going through space in the credits page with like stars and shit flying behind him like he's going in light speed. Oh, it's going to be good. And I'll have the space hog deal. Uh, but then we go back 
and have Themyscira. We have a funeral. Beautiful Wonder and Woman. I just thought that this really, in this sort of game, wasn't really well, needed. It's, it's a nice enough moment to get you the feels that you need for this Elseworld situation because we have taken back Earth with the cure to the anti-life equation, but some of our friends didn't make it along the way. So you have characters like Artemis and Green Arrow who are going to do the whole pyre thing to burn the like. You the, think the they said before like, like it's a contest? I thought right away that they're like, <laughs> I'll bet you I'll shoot better than you. But it's, it's 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 giving you more like even the idea of a Green Lantern Black Canary, which I don't feel like we've dealt with a lot. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like she's been in the back burner since the first series. And just the idea where everybody mourns, but it also gets us back on Themyscira, where one of Wonder Woman's biggest bads, the God of War, Ares, shows up because what's going on right now throughout the universe, you need to be uh, like like involved with. You don't know right now, but this anti-life, it's not over. It's moved past numbers, and it is going out there. What Like, you're the God of War. Shouldn't you love this? This isn't war. This is a slaughter. This is what I'm not about. So even the idea where you get Lobo to become one of our main focuses of this book, which I hope is continues on because that was a great part of this book. But then Ares on top, you have the gods being involved in this. I'm like, that's cool as hell because even like the Themyscarians, the Amazons, they don't trust Ares. He has to prove himself and show them that shit is wrong. And this it's such a weird idea though because it does take it back a little bit from what we had with the anti-life, like mixed with death that Darkseid did to, Dark to uh, Cyborg. that stuff, yeah. To create the anti-life virus that was spread throughout and turned everybody into this, like, you know, through the internet and cell phones, like Stephen King's book, The Cell. And that's how the infection started. Then it became normal zombie-esque kind of situations. But now that you have this out here, and Ares is like, look, this is like, you know, this is older than all of that. This is Erebos, you know, the god of darkness is actually the thing that's behind him. Like, ah, you, yeah, you, I didn't you, need that. I know uh, you said you they, had something good right yeah. away, and now you tied it back into mythology too much to make it like well, it's not what it once was anymore. And the weird play, uh, they move past numbers. I've kind of moved past kind of feels of a funeral. I mean, this is. Way past the it's, point it's a where setting you're having for us a to get funeral. to our next point. Well, that's story, what I'm though. saying. That's why I wanted to point that out. And you basically stole my thunder. You asked my bad. your boy Thunder. No, the idea where Raccoon. it is. We just talked about this with Nightwing. The idea. Oh well, we end up having Maroni. He's got to go to Gotham. It's just the setup to get to the. That's what this felt like. It felt like kind of. Well, we're not really going to have a lot of feels in this, but we could have. We had Jacob and stuff, you know, going into this. That we kind of left behind for a bit. But when we go to this, I'm like, okay, why Ares? Oh, I get it because it's old school. And I guess it ties into the idea of the War of the Undead Gods as well as just being with the new gods as well. It just ends up in my mind. Ares talking shit on a dark side because he's a a new god so young. I like that. And we we talk about that a lot about the new gods, and you don't realize that's why they're called the new gods. Uh, But yeah, like you said too, it's like, okay, we get Black Canary Green Lantern, but just. Because she's there, you know, because the but she ties into the rest where she is. It's all a device, but it ties into the rest where we also have the entire Green Lantern Corps getting involved because it's a universal threat now and all hands on deck. It's just not pitiful little Earth anymore. Funeral for Diana. I didn't care. I really didn't. At this point, it's a device. And that's why it ended up, you know, this part I could have, you know, not really had. But it's there to get going, get this whole deal. But by the end, when you do have, oh, it's, you know. Erebos, I'm like, really? Like, you actually she went took from the wind a, out of the sails. It's really and, fun and I issue. I think that you actually went from something that was more clear cut for most readers that, you know, aren't in a ton of different things and whatever. Then you go Erebos. I bet you a bunch of people are like, what? Who's this? Well, Who's honestly, this? I Looks think like I'll explain it more, but like the Erebos and stuff, because honestly, but that's I looked the it up as well. You're supposed to be like, oh my God. I'm like, why is the Necker Comic Con here? What's going <laughs> really on there? Is, because Where's it's Ash? all about a. 
It's all based <laughs> on the idea that Ares is holding a book this entire time and puts it down and opens up and all of a sudden it is the Necronomicon with the face inside is like Erebus. You know, I'm like, all right, look, I know Erebus is a god. Let me go look it up. Okay, god of darkness, primordial stuff. And well, then I'm and like, if Eric oh, it's just a great darkness. Yeah, and, and so that's kind of a shame, but it kind of works in a weird way. As a cliffhanger, and I, I agree with you. In my mind. I agree with you. They'll explain it, but at this point, and to have this, it's not Mark Erebus, Shaw, right? Erebus is not. Oh, no, it's along the lines of a Mark Shaw. It's people are going to sit there and be like, "Huh, I wonder what yeah. that is." Yeah, yeah. I think a bunch of people would be like, "I don't understand." Erebus oh, is here. And even when when you looked it up, that didn't elevate it either, right? You no, said you moaned. I you knew went what it on. Was. It's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame. Some kind of god in mythology. I'm like, I, I assume it was Greek. Yeah, but darkness. But on. then I started saying like, okay, prim- god of primordial darkness. I'm like, don't you fucking be the great darkness? Don't you Always fucking involved. do it? He's involved in everything. This guy's got his hands in every pie, Eric. He's not even his thumbs in there. Every bit of his hand is in there. It's That's kind of messy. An- empty hand Eric, but it's full of pie now Don't you be the empty uh, yeah i thought that by the end that made it a little less but it's okay and the lobo stuff that should be great that's a I'm really you, good lobo thing and that stuff- gave it's weird that gave the spark switch these and have at the end like all right the bastard is here have that as the cliffhanger i'm like all right that changes the whole that, tone well, that's the thing is you just want to switch things around where we are in the book because yeah i just want to take that last part out let's just end with that i'm just afraid that we'd extend the funeral for a friend a little bit more but i'm telling you starting out adam strange that's some good stuff even the idea of coming back and attacking and then his family there adam strange is their only hope on ron they can't wait for daddy to come home because he's going to save like you know Aaliyah and Alana and bring it's, everything that's, okay. That gets feels if you really and it's think about it. Feels, and then you go into the Lobo stuff and then you're like, yes, you're upping the ante and you're making a joke and I'm like, I'm having a good time. Once we get the Themyscira though, yes, it's a set piece to get us to our next big act of the story, but it slows things down considerably and when we get to the end, I love seeing Ares being a part of this and being one of the good guys who's going to help everyone. The Green Lantern Corps, everybody getting involved, like, yes, what is it? Erebus. Like, fuck. Yeah. yeah, and that's seven pages of the comic. And it did feel like they got to a point, well, what can we have next? Uh, we got to extend that. It, it seems like a lot of Tom King, or Tom Taylor, sorry. A lot of Tom Taylor books are coming into this kind of mode where it feels like there is legitimately, you know, five to seven pages of filler that end up being thrown in because you don't, and the story doesn't really, because the progression of the story here, the Adam Strange stuff was cool and it had feels that didn't progress much. It's just showing how it's spreading more. Uh, you right, know, Jana around the and galaxy. DC versus vampires. Adam Strange should have been the lead in this. Jaina should have been Jaina Vampire Hunter because, you know, or Slayer because, you know, killing Zan, that made it personal and she become the big bad, like the, the big badass of the DC versus vampires. We never got that. And now that I see Adam Strange, like, this should have been it. Like, yes, you can call it cliche because it reminds me of these other things, but it's a formula that works that I enjoy. Yeah. And so the Lobo stuff, though, that's all right. That's his great right. fight. He's there and him. Him and Ares both riding some sort of space hugs. Now How we're talking. Is that? Now we're talking. Now we need that painted on the side of a van, Eric. And then you can go around and, and have the candy. Well, right? that's the thing. Is you, you go around that, with the van. I'm going to have a van, and I'm going to have that big mural on the side. But it's going to be something nobody knows because it's going to be that character Polar Geist from you know that uh, Equinox Future Future End story. That'd be crazy. You're going around, hey kids, Justice you want some candy? Future St- uh, Future's End. I'm just trying to make you a pedophile this whole know, time. And you're you're going right past it, Eric. You, you can't move cool past that. You got to tell your neighbors, Eric. You can't just move past that. But Polar Geist one day will be back no matter how much I have to pay Jeff Lemire. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, what would you give this? 
This is the thing is, I like the art a lot. I like a lot about this book. The ending, the cliffhanger took a lot of the wind out of the sails that was getting me back on board with DC with the War of the Undead Gods. But ultimately, I still had a good time with that, and I hope good things come from this, and it just doesn't peter in this direction that I don't care about. I hear Suckatash. Oh, you went a little higher. I'm going Suckatash 7. I'm a 7. It, it's okay. It just kind of dipped down by the end. I'm with you. I like Ares. I like the, uh, you know, the... Maybe having Ares and Lobo team up sounds great. That'd be yeah. funny. Them yelling and screaming. And how does it work and... now with the cure that we have? Is that all gone now? Like we, I want to see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll have to see how that all is. I haven't been a real big fan of Trevor Harrison's art. It looks good here. There's a lot of stuff that looks really good. I love that gritty Lobo. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of the cartoony Lobo all around. Character writing and design I think that this is pretty cool I look at them and I feel like I gotta go take a bath I start itching And no, I'm no, like no, have no, hepatitis that's No that's, that's when you gem. know it's right You're <laughs> like okay they did it right I might have mites and hepatitis And I smell cigars yeah, the skin right? real bad Yeah really and I'm like you did it <laughs> You did it Trevor Harrison But yeah I'm I'm down with whatever. I'm down with whatever. That's Jim Jim Warner, college years. No, that was me. And also to Lobo. I was actually <laughs> talking right to Lobo because if you're not down with everything, Lobo is going to leave you behind. I want to ride on that space dog. Cameron. Uh, the one of the things, and I told you beforehand, before we recorded, I said all of these Elseworld stuff, and it's starting to get in my head, and I'm getting things confused and whatnot. One no, of I the agree. funny things that I just thought of, not that I got confused, was in Injustice, when Harley, one of the best team-ups with Harley, Green, Land, uh, Green Arrow, and that, but if you remember, she stole Lobo's space hug and then brought it down, and they're like, uh, that isn't Lobo's, is it? So that was kind of cool, too. I just thought of that and made me giggle. But we're going to end the podcast with one last book. What is there? I am Batman number 14, written by John Ridley, with art by Christian Ducey. Or Deuce. I'm actually curious about how you do pronounce his last I name. Would say Deuce. Say. I would Deuce. say Deuce. Tom yeah. Derenick, Rex Locus, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Troy Pateri. And in this, we come to the conclusion of the story that nobody asked for, who shot Anarchy and who killed Anarchy, because he was shot by multiple people, but it's only about the fatal blows that we care about. And all the detective work that you would have to get into this, where people like Jace and like Renee Montoya... We know that it's this filthy detective in the NYPD. But turns out, once he said that this guy, we didn't kill this this other guy because he was an informant for us. What makes you think that we would do this? We just jumped to the idea. Oh, yeah, that protest group that uh, Anarchy's friend who was also killed was involved with, they didn't like what was going on, so they killed him. Yeah. The end. Uh, this this book sucks, I, at least the story and everything leading up to it. We like the idea of going to New York. We had a good start in New Coming York. Coming back to this story was so stupid. This is so stupid. And I said to you, well, they're setting up the Renee Montoya stuff. And that, you know, that came out this week. The blue wall, the GCP, doesn't even seem like that was the case. It seems like this just was the- just to have her there. And now she has to skedaddle because she's yeah. going to be in that book. But it, this felt like just nothing. And this book is always always going to be fighting an uphill battle we have championed that points we said that jace is his own character now in I this love the fox family yeah and we just to point out this is an event that <laughs> because we ended up loving his penguin one bad day oh, yeah. we did so that this week, week. Yeah. i mean i'll just give you a little tip here it's probably going to be both of our books of the week or close to it but in that uh, he's doing black panther over at Marvel, and it's one of the worst books I've ever read. This is better than that, but this book, it's like 
I don't know what it is. Is it a passion project? Does John Ridley think that this stuff is riveting? Because the story ends up not being big. It gets even less big when he just throws shit out there. No, did, did somebody get a hold of him? Nobody cares if anarchy's dead. That's number one. Like, you're well, happy. Only, that I'm you, I, dead. I hate anarchy, and that was the best part about going this. Like, finally, anarchy's dead. But the whole idea, yeah, we got this guy, because they were pointing this idea that you had the seer at one point who was getting people like their dander all up saying you're the moral authority you need to take it to the streets and take back what you consider right in your gotham streets and that's what led to anarchy getting killed during the rise of the magistrate stuff the post-magistrate stuff but that's what led it and then we moved to new york we leave all that stuff behind and all of a sudden we know that guy i'm pretty sure his name was ethan he didn't kill it yes he shot anarchy but he didn't have the killing blow somebody else killed him and now we have to find out because anarchy was a part of the alley town protest to help the alley town, it's already starting to go too far. I, I mean, agree. It, it's, right? it's already dead. But yeah. you have a character from New York, Danny Chan. He's involved in all these protests. Him and Anarchy become friends because Danny Chan wants to help Anarchy in Gotham with the protest in Alley Town. Somebody kills Danny Chan. Now Anarchy's pissed off. He wants to get to the bottom of it. Oh my god! And then Anarchy gets killed. But what nobody knew until last issue, Danny Chan was a police informant who was feeding all this protest information to the cops. Oh my god! Did we just find out? Yeah, it was uh, the protest group. Uh, they, they killed their own and killed Anarchy because he looked into it. Yeah. And, and right. yes, you have to kill Danny because he's the informant. And then, unfortunately, Anarchy's looking into it. You got to kill him. You got to cover your tracks. I'm not going to get involved in any sort of organization with the generic mid posters they have. I'm looking at the one. It's just a dollar sign with no. <laughs> I'm like, really? Get some better posters here. You know, black pink or something, Eric. I had to get that in. But when you have this, you have that classic of, I think that you killed Danny and Anarchy. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Let's fight. <laughs> it's, it, it's nothing. And this is where I think John Ridley has gone completely wacko with this book. You end up where it seemed like the whole play with Jace, street level Batman, right? Yeah. But that's easy. There's Which a lot of times that's not anything that Batman isn't. Yeah, Batman gets street to be Batman. Street level bad God. Jace, Batman was a great idea, especially when you brought him to New York and out of his element somewhere new and, in, and introduced a chaotic supervillain-esque That's element the to it that I threw him off and was great. I think he thought that that wasn't street level. I don't think he gets no, what a street level was Batman is. It threw him off his it's game. still street level, though. I mean, it's, it's throwing him off his game because he didn't expect it in New York, but it still was a serial killer, a little bit more, but not Gotham crazy. No. And it was still allowing him to do things while... You had some things with the cops, and we're there with Chubb. And we, we like these characters, but they're thrown into situations that we don't care about. And so when you do that, and we had that first arc, we were into it. You thought this was going to be the start of something bigger. Yeah. It may be even the classic way of Jace came here to be street level, but doesn't realize with that costume on, you invite Batman the crazies. The crazy, yeah. Or he's it doing this or whatnot. This but I think that all along, what you wanted, what what you ended up wanting, John Ridley wanted to get to New York so that he could just do, I don't know what. Just separate Jace from the Batman and stuff like that so he could be his own character. But then we immediately bring back Gotham stuff. I'm like, stop it. Yeah. And so was that editorial? Was it that, hey, this isn't selling? But somebody's not getting it. Somebody's not getting the idea. It's not selling because you keep trying to pull it back to be what Jace shouldn't be and just go with it. That that character, what was his name with the, the first arc, the serial killer? I, I can't right. remember. And that wasn't even the first arc. We had a few like, yeah, you know, get yeah. into that whole I'm thing. I'm saying yeah. that was when it really got good, though. And yeah. we liked Man Ray. 
stick with that. Terrible just name, go but we from that. Him. And when he starts doing things behind the scenes, you said he was going to be this criminal mastermind where he's laughing because getting Bell arrested flat. only makes him bigger. Then you do have, you know, Jace's sister. You have this opportunity to have these things going on. And in this, it's just and it's now not it's interesting. Anarchy and Tiff, Tiff Fox checking her privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and so what what is it? people buy books because they're fun to read and interesting, even if you want to get gritty and street level, maybe a little more realistic. But this idea of the, you know, crisscross applesauce of who killed Danny, but then it's anarchy. But then we got him because we're going to do this while you check your privilege. It's bullshit. It's not fun to read. You, you barely care about it. You're just getting through it to see what uh, what happens next. I mean, I'm reading this book just not even caring at all. Probably, you know, dead inside like I usually am. Nothing lift me. I did like, you know, I guess I like some of the, the stuff uh, here with Tiff. But even then, it didn't feel as great. Where we're ending the Who Shot Anarchy mystery. That almost feels like half the book where we just, you know, talk around things and have a fight. And then, and then, you know, Renee Montoya, the question's like, okay, I got to go now. That's that. Once we get to the Tiffany stuff where she has put on a costume to try to help this girl that she knows from re-entering gang life because she wants to get away from it. She does this because everything else she's tried so far hasn't worked. So like checking the privileges even hasn't worked. She's going to go and do the streetwise stuff where she dresses up like a pseudo as kind of Robin for New York, but she puts on a mask and she kicks the crap. Out of all of these gangbangers and lets this girl run away from doing something terrible that she won't be able to take back, like robbing a store and shooting the clerk and stuff like that. But when you have Tiff do that and the cops do show up, and I like the idea, like we talk about with Jace, where he came, became in over his head with some stuff like Man Right. Tiff, on her first run out, the cops show up and she has to fight Detective Chubb and ends up getting a few licks in and gets away. But now the idea, like, what is Batman besides for Man Ray brought to our city? Now that we have more masks, and you got to look out for this person because they assaulted that a cop. Tiff, too. And I'm he, so yeah. angry, though, that, that he says recognizes, it out loud. No, no, I'm, I'm so angry that he recognizes his sister because it throws secret identities all out the window with what people can recognize. Just I'm telling you, she is more covered than the majority of superheroes. And he's like, oh my God. It's I my wish sister. there was a couple of things that I wish we would have set up, uh, especially the. Idea. Remember when she was checking her privilege and this girl, it seemed like now it was just forced. I wish we would add more of an idea of maybe Tiff is like, hey, I wish Batman could have helped her. And like the idea that she's at the wit's end, I've got to do this. She seemed to be geared up to do this from day one. She wanted to do it. So I thought that there wasn't as well. I, I wish there would have been more where Jace comes, you know, where'd you learn this? Or maybe Tiff found out, which there's a lot of things you could have played. Her just going out on her first day and just she has gone head in. And I thought it was a little too much, almost like we talk with Batman and Raish, but it's OK. But like you said, maybe we needed to have Jace take Tiff out for like shopping and he bought her that jumpsuit or something. I don't Agreed. know, because he looks at it. She's just got all that. Looks like she grabbed the gossamer mask a little. Uh, you know, a little, bit, a little of bit of that, right? Over there. Better ski goggles. I don't that, know. Or, yeah, yeah. A little mush mouth look, too. But you end up where you're going all this stuff. I don't mind that, right? But then what are, we, what are you enjoying about that? Because then we go off and Renee Montoya has to talk to Hideya. Well, no, well how, how is this? You have a side character to Hideya who we know nothing about for the most part, except for that day. She has a connection to Jace from their training and stuff like that. She has a fucked up past, but they're both in New York right now. And she's pretty much an old love interest of Jace. She's here. He's here now. You're going to have that going. But then out of nowhere, before Renee Montoya, commissioner of Gotham City Police Department, before she leaves to go back home, 
She just happens to know Hidea and they have a drink together yeah, and just talk about it. Was this out stuff. of like, nowhere, right? Why do you have to know Hidea as well and vice versa? Yeah, and had this idea of like, how you doing? You getting back? I, I didn't even Old get friends. this. And this almost felt like it was here just so that Small you can have. World. Yeah, really. You can have Renee mention, oh, I got to go back and clean shit up. I realize my duty right now. I'm going to go back so that she could go back to that GCPD. But, but you don't need that. You and don't it, need it any like of filler. that. I'm it telling just you, was I, such it, it was such a filler situation. It just makes the world feel smaller because everybody just happens to know each other. That's important. Yeah, in this oh, book. so crazy. For no reason. So you have the beginning with the the story that nobody asked for. With who shot Anarchy? You get back to some cool stuff with Tiff being, you know, a new mask. And I just want to call her Robin, but she's not that yet. But that picks things up. And then we have to take the momentum away by having Hidea and Renee just sitting around talking, not doing anything. But thankfully, by the end, I think the book does pick up a little bit here. With the idea when Batman does show up and see that Detective Chubb has been assaulted by this mask and stuff like that. But there's something supernatural-esque going on where something is affecting Detective Whitaker where he starts talking shit on Batman and stuff like that to the point where it seems like everybody's affected with some kind of anger going on to the point where Jace goes and beats Whitaker upside the head to the point where he might freaking die. But this throughout this whole thing, I don't even know if it's Detective Whitaker because through the entire exchange, he is wrapped in this yellow yeah, silhouette. It's going to be Pariah. It's going to be some bullshit. Eventually, it's, though, you know, Jace looks like he's wrapped in this well. It seems more like an anger, like, you know, inducing situation there the where nobody's chapter, in control of themselves. We go to the Dark Crisis tie-in. This is all, oh, you're not even helping with the Dark Crisis. Like, you end up like, what? What are you doing here? I think this is just something of the darkness. This, is this a Dark Crisis or is it Dark Crisis of the soul, well, as they if say you next? Look, no, <laughs> I, I mean, here's where you go. Go and look where you have JCL. Shut up. He's got the black goof that you had Deathstroke having. That's all it is. It's the darkness that has been going around with the de- Deathstroke and his so army. So the only reason that the protesters killed the Danny Chan in Anarchy is because <laughs> of the Great Darkness? No, they were just pieces of and shit. And then they infected Batman, who then somehow infected Whitaker, or maybe it was Whitaker's dad at that diner who infected him. I'm telling you, it's infecting me. But yeah, it looks like that darkness is coming off there. But and even then, is this something that we're supposed to believe that's been going on in the background? Because no, when he was talking to his I dad, he was so. then very know. short with his fellow officers when yeah. they asked what's been going on. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Was he infected already? I didn't see him glowing, We so Eric, little about Whitaker, anything involved with what's going on with the character. All of a sudden, the motherfucker's glowing, talks shit on Batman, and Batman puts him upside his head. And the like, what is the, what's the play here? I mean, you end up But it's where at you least can- interesting. Because it's something different besides for the street level stuff that we've been dealing with In my mind, it just gets resolved here. next issue for the one tie into Dark Crisis, well, and then we move on. I just on, don't know so. how you reside. Like, you know, They're going to say we were controlled by the dark energies. How do you spin that in the press? I don't know how it works. I'm just hoping eventually that this somehow this isn't Whitaker, press. because I don't know how Batman deals with beating a cop on the I'm just death. saying that Chubbs ends up like, hey, we got to take him over. Do you know anybody? And they end up getting him fixed up, and they realize, oh, my God, it wasn't me, and oh that wasn't God, him. Oh, my God, he's glowing. I mean, his eyes are still glowing at the end. Everything's still glowing on him. He's glowed up, he is. Uh, but, yeah. Hey, it's just to tie it in the dark crisis of the soul itself. Of the yeah, soul. Like, really? Like, you gotta do that shit? Like, that's a No, weird it's gonna be play. one of those bullshit things where they're gonna try to, it's a cash grab. Insert cash register sound because oh I swear it's not gonna have the anything to really do with dark crisis, but it's gonna be the dark crisis of one's own soul. But they're gonna call it a time. Um, I think that it's gonna be the anger that we saw with Deathstroke and John Ridley will have no idea what that was all about and he'll fuck it up like every other tie I'm just waiting had. for Goo to spit out of people's faces. Next thing you know, he's watching John grow old, hanging Nobody out with this him point in genocide. Time cares about Jace Fox's dream world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's why you don't have, you'll just have him infected. 
like Deathstroke will come. Now I got me the Batmans for my armies. Yeah, well, just nothing. I mean, seriously. It's got to we'll be see. more interesting than what we dealt with here, I just hope. I thought that this book was going to be canceled after that. It's still going on in, in January, January yeah. and there's no reason. Me and you have been positive about it. I said it at the beginning. We've been, we did champion it a bit. We actually, we, we told people, just try to look at it as its own thing. And even in this, the big play here is that Whitaker being controlled. What do you think? You're the Batmans? Why are you the Batmans? You and then he mouth. ends up like, you shut your mouth. I have a reason. Oh, you chicken. Back, back, back. Nobody calls me chicken. Yeah, exactly. He's Marty. Marty McFly. You, would you say? Throws his hat off. Oh, my goodness gracious. And now I'm telling you, the first few arcs of this book was pretty good in my mind, especially when Man Ray came along, even though it's a terrible name. Once we got back to this Who Shot Anarchy stuff in New York, even though it's a Gotham story, everything fell apart. And I don't, I mean, we, we set up all of this and. You're just waiting. I mean, this is the weirdest sexual tension ever. You're not waiting for Chubb and Jace to get down. You just want them to like each other for a second. And every time it seems like, all right, I got your trust. Oh, crap. You just almost killed Whitaker. You end so up going much for back. Strike you, you keep, that. Yeah, you keep taking all these steps backward. This is MC Scatcat in reverse. He's got a fully in reverse he's going there. Forward? No, he's going two steps forward, too. He's just going back. <laughs> You like smoking, so Erica? I don't. There you go. Right. Paul Abdul's out there laughing somewhere. Isn't she part of the Patreon? I think she's a badass. Uh, but what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art's great in this, but the pacing's weird. The story's weird. There's a few moments that make the book worth reading, but ultimately I give it a 5.3 out of 10, mostly because it's weird. Such, it's such a weird situation. I was thinking about, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where there's been parts of my life where I've gone and loved each of the Fox family individually, like, Back in the late you 2000s. like Tam at one uh, point. No, I'm saying yeah, because she was in the Red Robin book with Tim Drake back in the day as a like a like a almost an, a, an assistant, or she was keeping accounts for this new Timothy you Wayne though, that he that? was. He, she was great in that book, and then the new thing too happened, and then Luke she's became a drug addict. Like, Derek, I don't I, like it. She's not a drug addict. She was a victim, Jim. She is a drug addict. Always but then Luke Fox became Batwing, and I really like that. And then all of a sudden, Jace Fox shows up. You know, formerly Tim Fox, and now he's the Batman. I'm like, I like that. But I've been waiting this whole time, especially since that Batwing book when Tiff, Tiff was a little prodigy, going to go work for Star Labs and that, to where she's eventually going to become the Robin. Like, and now I like Tiff I don't Fox, like his mom she's either. The heart. Not a big she's fan the of heart her. of this book, and the only thing I really care about anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's the heart. She's the heart of the demon. She is. Uh, I end up where I keep looking. Tam, no matter what you tell me, it doesn't matter what drug hits Gotham. She's doing it. She's doing it, and she's doing it, and doing it some more. Eric, she just keeps on doing it. I think she's on Victim. the snake fight as we're talking right now. She's probably what other? What else is there? Snake fight. You Icarus. Got the, the giggle puss. You got the Icarus. You got it all. Cheer drops. She cheer drops. She's on it. You know she's tried it at least. She dabbles. She does, Eric. Uh, but at the end here, yeah, I'm, I'm just a regular five, not an FU5. I think that the art by Doucet is uh, pretty good. I like that. But overall, I think that this book is something that me and you are the only ones it seems like we're reading. We're talking about it. We're hoping that it gets better. It's getting worse. I don't know. Maybe the, the little the reset of Dark Crisis ends up where you come out of that, you can do something. Look, I'm telling you, now that the Who Shot Anarchy story is over, I'm hoping we can get back on track to something that, like, you know, this book used to resemble. I just, I, maybe, like you said, though, if we end up having it like, oh, no, he, he almost killed Whitaker. I, that's not interesting to me. Batman wanted. Yeah, yeah. Like we've really. seen the regular Batman have many, exactly, many times. Exactly, so many times. But but you know what? It works. This time it's legit, though. A lot of times with Batman, it's like, ooh, that didn't look good. 
this I saw it. He called him chicken, and that in is legal to then beat the crap, possibly kill somebody. Oh, yeah, you that equals an ass whooping. New York City, that's how they play it there. No, that's the problem, yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I, I'm afraid Jace also is going to go to Tiff and say, you stop doing your things like she's that. Not and she'll gonna. go, okay. All he has to do is say, check your privilege, and she'll stop. That's what Ooh. that's the trigger for. Like, you check your privilege. Uh, or he's going to go to her you and check say, yours. the best point would be, and Jace isn't exactly a guy who makes the greatest decisions. I need him to go and say, listen, I know that you're this Robin-type character. She's like, oh, no, oh, shit, it's out of the bag. Uh, I guess you want me to stop. No, 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 you can't go out in this tracksuit. We need to get you in some real equipment. And I want him to, to try to get her shit. to stop. She won't do it, and then he has to be the person to make sure that she does it safely, yeah, but also well, have the drama it of, right keeping it from, of keeping it from his father, because right now Jason and Lu- uh, Lucius are in a good place, but if he allows Tiff to be a part of this, he's going to lose his damn mind. So you're going to add a lot of drama. If you have her do this for a little while on her own, Jace has to protect her, bring her along with him. All this sounds like a shitty-ass Black Panther book that I'm reading over at Marvel with all the secrets. And we'll it's just see. one secret. We will see. Well, there you go. But it's a big secret. Uh, but yeah, all it's drama. Five out of ten. I, I am really down on this book. I don't like it anymore, Eric, but hopefully it picks up. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman, One Bad Day, The Penguin, number one. Yes, mine is a tie between that and The World's Finest. So I like both of those. But Check I tell you, I almost went a tie with The World's, I'm not Flashpoint Beyond, but I'm like, I really want that bad, One Bad Day it Penguin to, to stand out. a little bit deal. Yeah, and a lot of people might have been down really with those. It was shocking how much I liked that because I didn't expect to enjoy any of the One Bad Day books. Andrew Belfast went out and bought it right after he heard us talk about it. He ran right to the store, Eric. He's running. Did he read it yet? There. Uh, I don't think he did at the time. I'll ask him tomorrow. There's a little time difference there in Ireland. Oh, yeah. But he, he ran. He ate a potato, probably drank some whiskey on the way, Eric. That's Sounds not delicious. just me being, you know, saying that because he's Irish. I just oh, just know. thinking about it. That's got a mouthful of what feels like whiskey. Like, it was right there. It was burning. Like, oh, God. He's got that. And also, like, it's a raw potato because that's how they play it there. Right, because they they're used to it. <laughs> but here are the books that we're going to have next week. Remember that some of the books are going to carry over to next week because we had so many this week. So we figured instead of just no, not, it's not covering even that we them, had so many ne- this week. It's that we had so few le- the next week, so we had to really do shit, something. I know still, we things got up, weird. It still ends up equaled out. We'll still have the same. At amount, one point, but, the way things were working out, next week we would have had just two books on the main podcast. Books. So. Honestly, with the, the badasses of the Patreon choosing for us what we're going to do, have a big badass podcast this week and a small one next week, or go Even Steven. They chose Even Steven, and I hope it works out for everybody else out there, too, because you get a podcast that at least is a de- decent length to listen to. And that's why we end up having you know things like that on the Patreon. We let everybody, and everybody voted on that to see what we would do. And like you said, they wanted to I, even it out. I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. So I just yeah, I made sure that it was everybody's everyone badass mass. <laughs> exactly right. So these are the books from this week that we're going to talk about next week, Eric. Oh my, we have the Dark Crisis Young Justice number five. Everybody's talking about that. We Mickey said it Mitchell earlier. Plick. Oh, Mickey Mixelplick, where have you been all my life? Uh, from everything that I've heard, this really is continuing the middle finger at any. Buddy, like Eric Shea. But I love the 90s. I think that, well, I think that Megan Fitzmartin, obviously, we'll get into it a little more next week, but I think that she misses that. I She doesn't quite get the idea. I think that, first off, she wasn't there when you were a fan. So she's looking back at it. Even you would look back at some things and go, man, 
that's pretty sus, but that doesn't oh, yeah. take away that book and those great characters. But what I think that she, when she hears fans say, I wanted those characters to grow up, you weren't saying that because they were immature and assholes. You were saying that because they deserve to raise in the ranks. And I think that she got that completely wrong. But that is one of the books. And we'll talk, obviously, more about that when we get to there next week. We also have the Titans United Blood Pack number two. Best Titans book out right oh, now. Oh, my. Yeah. You might say, or is World's Finest, Eric, with that one scene of the Teen Titans. But you end up also, we will be talking probably about Rogue's number four as well the end of that series yeah we thought that oh, thank God. we thought that that had three and it has I, I, I'm telling you, I forgot if it was a four it was the ending too that's why i asked it with a question mark uh i i've read this one i have read it and uh just get prepared for the ending that's all i'm gonna say get prepared get the you tissues. know what that means get the tissues oh, okay. get the tissues okay, you're issues. action comics number 1048 Eric, we got War World Superman's hanging up home. there. We got Superman home. We got all this shit going on. But also, what is if you it remember, going in on? the background, we have Lex Luthor, Metallo, a possible yes, team up. I can't wait for Yeah, I can't wait either. I, I'm looking forward to that, see how that is going to go as we get more and more closer to 1050, a big issue that seems to then push the books in, you know, the family direction that we have, were told about looks pretty cool. Uh, we also then have, because I got to keep scrolling down there. Oh, Eric, DC versus Vampires number 10. All right. Hopefully I like this more than All Out War. Penultimate of the penultimate issue. Wasn't this supposed to end during the spookiest month of oh, the year? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, it was supposed to end this month. No, actually, it was supposed to end in September. Yeah, it was supposed to end in September. We would have been done by now, but there was those delays. Uh, a book that Eric talked about earlier about that I I didn't like it as much as Eric, but we found that maybe it's something we didn't think we deserved, but we actually, I don't know, Eric, Deathstroke, Number right. fourteen. So we one. keep going with that and giving Eric the idea that maybe everything should be. Hey, this is new once again. So yeah, that's kind of a cool play. We got Detective Comics number one thousand sixty-five. Do we got the Wolfman the in the Wolf house? Man. Do I hear the, the Wolfman asthma. in the house? I got the asthma real bad. Ram V's Detective Comics number one thousand sixty-five coming up. I'm taking an over under on the page count of Batman actually in that. I say it's uh over under. 4.5 where you going over or under air i'm going Who knows? we'll see okay we'll see how that is and how that meanders harley quinn number 23 we actually liked the last issue we ended up having kevin trying to and resurrect of harley quinn harley quinn see how that is i think that the play should be that she's completely sane coming out of the lazarus pit a, little, a little whammy i know now we're gonna see harley really get crazy let's get crazy air isn't that Let's get nuts. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, Jeff. <laughs> I knew when I said it that I said it wrong. Oh, I can't do it. Punchline the Gotham game number one. Is Ooh, that a game you want to play? Is that a game I want to play? Is that a game you want to play? <laughs> I want to play a game. Not this one. Yeah, will this be like a fun game like Saw? Or will it you be know. like a bad game like that one Christmas when you got board games and you didn't have fun because you oh, had no God, friends? That sucked. Which one was it? They I wouldn't told play you before. with me and I had no friends. So why would they buy me only board games for Christmas? That stuff makes me sad. I remember that one year that Tanya got all gift cards to Barnes and Noble. My kids opened these gifts and like, what the fuck is this? She's like, get this. Later on next week, we can go to the bookstore and you can pick out books for all your presents. They're you know like, how this many graphic novels and DC comics I'd end up buying? You know, you know how many tears I saw being shed by five oh, year olds that day? 
you know what, five year old's pretty rough. Th- their their Christmas was shattered. That's at that point I I ended up saying like, hey, you already fucked it. Listen, kids, Santa ain't real. This is all your mom's doing. <laughs> she made me do this. Fuck this. Santa didn't do this. Santa's a good guy. Uh, and also Tim Drake Robin number two, which I did not realize, Eric, that there is a, a very good possibility we can have a Megan Fitzmartin section. Crazy. Something we never knew that we could have on the We're podcast. Wanted. We end up uh, possibly having that. Because I do believe uh, two of these books, I know two of these books we talked about, will be on the Patreon-only Spotlight episode. Two books picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. A little ghost truck going ghost on there. Truck. And I think that definitely punchline Gotham game number one will be a spotlight book so if you want to listen to that it would be a good idea right now but now that you said that i'm not sure it's gonna be that no it will i know it will be i don't know the other one that's weird i don't know what that might be you might have i just know that you said now that there's a fitz martin section i'm like that's called the badass patreon spotlight well that could be that as well but i i don't know i don't know i think that that feel of the punchline will be too much to to not pass it on twice it too much yeah we'll have to see we'll have to see what they say but that's all up to the badasses uh that's what they do that's what they're known for badasses be badasses that's what i say every monday morning when i wake up and drink my coffee right all right only mondays <laughs> got you it's just my nice start of the week i'm like all right badasses be badasses and laugh and chuckle and say, Eric would love that. I got to remember that for the podcast. Then we get here. It falls completely flat, makes me giggle. Uh, but that's made up scenario. But yeah, two of these books there. And what I, what I was actually going to say before everything went off the rails. Also, just as a look ahead, November has a Angels Week. So we nice. have yet another Patreon only full episode at the end of November. So if you want to get involved, want to get involved now, you know, go to patreon.com slash weird science and sign up and get a bunch of shows bunch of reading clubs stuff like a gotham central we got a walking dead deal that i mentioned earlier which actually i'm glad because it puts me in the know a little with you that's something that you know uh, a bit about that's the thing is i know the show not the book it's a little different but it's still we get the concepts but at least i'm not left completely behind like i usually am like kirk cameron kirk cameron better be in this title uh, but all in all, yeah, go over. There's a bunch of shows, and you get this podcast early as well. So, all that said and done, thanks everybody for listening. And Eric, you take it away. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.